Welcome to Twisted With Us. In the name of desperately wanting mainstream success, but absolutely rejecting mainstream success, this is our ongoing examination of Twisted. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing Twisted's 1999 album, Most Tasteless, the national version. When you when you did the national national, it sounded like you were doing a commercial for like mattresses or something. National national <laughs> mattress firm, something like that. I don't know. Or the okay, band here, I, you know what? Mattress firm. Oh, here's yeah. a freebie for you. <clears throat> the national mattress firm sales event. Get forty percent off king size, thirty percent off queens, and fifty percent off twins now. I like that the percentages <laughs> really don't correlate with the size. Absolutely no, completely random. I feel like it should go the other way, but the guy the guy that made them was drunk. They are way uh, overstocked it, it on kings right now. Just threw darts <laughs> at percentages. Yeah, but I also like that you get a big discount on twins. Do you remember that <laughs> yeah. fucking commercial? It's my oh favorite my reference to make, and about seven people get it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, I literally had to um, find it on YouTube and play it for Ina so she could get the reference every time I make that it. That is awesome. <laughs> well, uh, we did it. We started Twisted with the us. The episode is technically started. Yeah, this, well, this, this episode is started, but the season started last week. We did <laughs> our review of, of Most Tasteless Original. It went up a little bit late. I'm sorry. Things have been crazy. But... We've been getting uh, a lot of people talking about it, uh, and I want I want to address one thing that somebody said, and of course the person that said it was Rob, because he was angry that we went with axe chops instead of Fago scores and said it should be body count and still use the same sound. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I full disclosure don't care at all about his opinion. <laughs> or the scale. Um, I do agree that uh, he said body count would make it sound like Ice T's band, which is true. Yeah. Um, victims. victims. I think victims is cool. I'm happy with that. Or axes. Um, you know, axes was something I said. What about dead brain cells? Like brain dead. I rap? think that like brain dead rap. <laughs> that's going to get. um unrecognizable almost immediately because i think they only mentioned it on the original most tasteless yeah uh it it came on the national version too all right all right how about um we rank out of impending betrayals yeah no no six (laughs) impending betrayals just shakespearean i'm gonna i'm gonna rank this a four and a half out of five impending betrayals betrayal there you go um, shout out for all the haters I think victims is a good one, actually. Um, and you can keep this in. I don't want to change it because 
Rob has been such a squeaky wheel about this season <laughs> that I feel like changing it in his favor really is just adding fuel to that fire. Maybe we should change it back to Fagos just to piss him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could also annoy me a little bit, but I think it's worth it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> how about we just stick with axes? Sure. I'm in. Anybody yeah. uh, have any any other thoughts or hear anything about the episode that we need to address? I did see at least one person is happy to have Chuck back. I don't know. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but Chuck disappeared at some point last season. We don't know where Chuck went. And then every once in a while, if you listened after the music at the end, there would be a, a little sometimes Chuck popped in from like some other dimension. I don't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, I don't know what was happening with Chuck. They're back now. Uh, maybe we'll figure out more what happened, where they went. We we might be able to unravel the mystery. Chuck, where we have could you been? Unravel the have you been somewhere? Yes, I'm always somewhere, even if I'm nowhere. My license expired. I was getting it renewed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess if you were horny. What? That's is that is that makes you think of being horny? That's how you took it, huh? I, I didn't take it. I mean, am I wrong? I didn't take it. the DMV? Oh. Different strokes. Yeah. That's weird, man. That eye oh. test just does it for me. Oh yeah. Okay, so what did you guys hear about the episode? Anything? I heard good things. I uh my comments on Instagram were flooded with can't wait to listen. So I mean, hopefully they did. Sick. I don't know if they liked it or didn't like it. Basically, just a lot of excitement, a lot of cheering, people opening their windows and screaming out. I mean, uh, clasping their hands together over their shoulders and just, you know, doing one of those. Uh, what does that mean? Like pretending to make out with their back turned? No, where you like uh, you clasp your hands together and you like. It's like like when you're doing the Macarena and you do the oh. two shoulders part. <laughs> like you're no, like no. an award kind of thing. No, like you're uh, you're cheering. Yeah, I, I always took that as like a celebratory, like you did the thing. Are you talking about oh. like, like people are throwing roses at you? What you, you're talking like, like, like you're about to do like a double axe handle, like put the two hands together and cheer. Yes. What What is that? What are you talking about? Shoulders. There's no shoulders involved. Well, in that. but you like you you go shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess. OK, I all I saw was pretty I much see people doing that, though. I saw ticker tape parades. All over the place. Yeah. Um, yes. People hanging out their windows with like wooden spoons and kettles, just hitting them and cheering, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Turning schools on were off. Life. Yes. Yeah. Uh, schools have been off since since that episode dropped. Yeah. Well, uh, schools. I'm glad we started with an episode uh, that made everybody happy. And we said a lot of great positive things. I can't wait to get into this episode. But first, we're going to do something special. Ooh. Last year, we did, Aaron and I, our top three albums of 2021, and we made a playlist and shared it. So real quick at the top of this episode, maybe real quick, maybe it'll take a couple minutes. We are going to do our top albums of 2022. And since Robbie's here, we invited him to join in on the festivities. So we're each going to give our top three albums of 2022. I like it. So, uh, Robbie... 
Yeah, I I'd love for you to go first on this. Let's oh, uh, no. let's work our. Uh, do you have them in any specific order? Do you have a number one? Yeah, no, I've got it. I'm, okay, got it start with three and take us to one. If you have any honorable mentions or anything, let us know. And also for each one, give me the song that you want to put on the playlist. Okay, so for number three, uh, I'm immediately coming out of the gate swinging, cheating. I've got a an, uh, say a split top three slash an honorable mention, whatever you want to take it as. Okay. But I'm going with a combined answer of Fleshwaters, We're Not Here to Be Loved, which is people from the band Vane doing sort of a 90s hard alternative rock project. Um, they have a vocalist whose solo artist name is Mercy, who joins the project. She's a lady and adds some nice vocals. There's a Bjork cover that's fun. It's a lot of yeah. just a, it's like, you know, I'd say there's, it's, there's Deftones in there. It's kind of shoegazy too. Yeah, I'd say hmm. there's definitely some shoegaze in there. Um, it hits hard, but it's it's squarely like not hardcore, I would say. It's like alternative rock. But appeals to that audience. It's kind of like how yeah. Basement is not a hardcore band, but those are the kids that are into Basement. Those are the kids that really fucking love Basement, yeah. 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 So uh, for as far as so- songs go, I'd go with the... Say the first single, I think, is called The Razor's Apple. So I'll go with that. I watched the music video last night and said, hey, this is a good one. What you said, this is a split pick. Oh, yeah, I should keep talking. Um, <laughs> and then the 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 other one is uh, a band called Mama with an album called Household Name. It's kind of a smashing pumpkins ish meets maybe a little breeders. Um, oh. so I think the band is basically hmm. two ladies that play guitars and then they have like a backing drummer and bass player. But um, I think the story is that they were listening to like classic very successful 90s alternative rock albums and we're like hey we should make an album that sounds like this so they were more like kind of indie rockish before and then they were like let's turn up the hooks turn up the guitar solos blah 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 and made an album that i think is just a lot of fun and very catchy and uh makes my ears smile and as far as songs go i'm gonna go with motorbike Which one of those is the honorable mention? Oh, they're both honorable mentions and both number three. Okay, fine. I'm just going to allow it because you're our guest. <laughs> I would pin Aaron <laughs> yeah. down and make him choose, but you, fine. I'll go, you know well, what? It sounded like that last one disarmed him with a smile. Yeah, in my ears. In his ears. Okay. So, I'll, you know what? I'll take, I'll go, I'll go mama number honorable. Mom, mama number honorable. Okay, cool. The trumpet. Okay. 
Do we each want to do our number threes or do we want to uh, go through your I whole don't, list? I can probably cram mine into an order, but I didn't necessarily have mine in. in you don't have to give uh, them in an order. Right? order. You okay. can do it however you want. Yeah, I could, I could, I could toss out my okay. first one. Give, give me your first one. Okay. Uh, straight up, my first one, Stale Wind by Ouija Mac. It's, right. I really fucking enjoy it. It's it's a really good album. And this actually was my full introduction to Ouija Mac, uh, the first album that I really got into. And I wanted to get into something that released the week that we were at the gathering. Yeah. And it was fun. It was great. It was it's tied to great memories when it was released. And uh, I stayed bumping it all the way through December. And I still I was listening to it earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of cool to be there with Mr. Mac and have the album drop. So that that's kind of fun. Okay, what's your pick for a song? Six foot hatchet. It's fucking great. And the hook is so goddamn catchy. Oh, he performed that song live at the gathering of the Juggalos. And yeah, it was great at the li- live at the gathering of the Juggalos. It sure, it sure was. Dead bodies busting up the limousine. limousine. Can't fuck with celebrities. Hollywood is in all a dream. All a dream. I'ma put the nightmare on that movie screen. Movie screen. I wanna hear you scream. Six, six, six foot hatchet and the dragon on the ground. You know you dead when you hear that fucking sound. Before I do my number three, I, I want to get a few things out of the way. I have a few honorable mentions that I'm just going to quickly say. I'm not going to put songs from these. Uh, there's a new Tiny Moving Parts album from last year. It's self-titled. It's not swell, but it still sounds like them. So I've listened to it a bit. Uh, Light's new album, Pep, was super fun. I've loved her since her first EP came out in 2008. Saw her on this tour, and she is hands down one of the best and most consistent live performers out there. Belmont's Aftermath came out, and last year I said, this album's going to be in my top three. It's not. I like some of the songs, but it's hella overproduced. Uh, It's just too much for me. And then another one that I want to mention is Suicide Boys' Sing Me a Lullaby, My Sweet Temptation. It's good, but it's not on my top albums for a reason, and you'll Mm. find out in a moment. The other one I want to throw out there is ICP's Wicked Vic. Of the two post-Yum Yum EPs, this is the one I like better, and it's the one I listen to a lot more. I tried to go back and listen to Pug Ugly after this one, and I'm like, "Mm, no, Wicked Vic. And then there are a couple artists who didn't drop an album but put out a bunch of singles that I had on repeat this year, like Pouty Face, Tilly, and Joey Valance. So those are some things I liked. Now, here's my number three. An album that surprised me came out of nowhere in January that just all of a sudden I was like, how did I not hear about this? It just showed up on Spotify. Glowbug's Your Funeral. Glowbug is a really weird and unique artist. Uh, Mixes a lot of strange elements together from Caribbean beats to post-hardcore stuff to uh, almost new wavy droning shoegazy sounds. It's a really strange sound. I've liked every album he has put out because it's mostly one person. Uh, But if I had to choose one song from your funeral, I think I'm going to go with This Knife's For You. That's going to be my pick. Hey, I said it's not- 
badass. I'll hear it. All right, Robbie, number two. Number two, I am going with a group that I think I, I found out about, I think, in January of 2022. So I spent the year with these boys. It's a group called Sky Swamp Orange. Mm-hmm. The album's called Odium. They, I had a chance to see them at Camp Zool this summer, and they blew me away. Uh, the album had been out for a couple of weeks by then, and I really was enjoying it, but the live show was more than I could bargain for. Um, they're kind of a, I mean, I guess like rap rock is the 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 term that no one likes to use, but but is what they do. Kind of like a heavier, screamier Linkin Park in a way with a much better rapper. You know, I've heard you talk about yeah. Sky Swamp Orange multiple times now, and I at no point realized that I think you might have even discussed it uh, on that roundtable episode. Mm hmm. But somehow I missed the Linkin Park stuff. Maybe, maybe I was busy during that part or not paying attention, but I was not ready for you to say kind of like Linkin Park. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's basically there's a rapper. His name's Stray. He's I mean, he also does some singing and stuff, too. But uh, he's he's on his own as a solo artist, a very good rapper. And then um, this is like a heavy rock band that he's in. And uh, I don't know. It's 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 something I came back to more than maybe anything else this year uh and and really really liked it he, and he his solo stuff he's leading toward a solo album coming out anytime now and uh his solo stuff is probably some of my best rap songs of the year too so so yeah sky swamp orange odium and i'll put as far as songs go i'll go with submerge but I pray to God it's not though. Fuck anybody staring right real slow. You think you get a thing? Not so no case close. I'm too far gone in a place only you know. Okay, cool. This is already a diverse and interesting list. Uh, Aaron, I'm super curious Um, to see what your number two will be. I'm not. So I wasn't planning on putting this next, but I think I need to just to get ahead of Eric uh, and say dirtiest, nastiest suicide by suicide boys. Bro, that is my number two as well. Fuck. I Okay. I fucking as soon as you put uh, their other album in honorable mentions, I'm yeah. like, motherfucker. He also picked Dirtiest <laughs> Nastiest Suicide. Yeah. So this one is Suicide Boys and Germ basically and Germ, forming yes. a super group. So all three of them are on on the tracks and it definitely plus uh, Scrim is doing the production on this. It doesn't sound like the other album they put out. It's its own thing. Yeah, no, it's very, very distinctly different from uh, that other album, which I only listened to that other album, I think, like once when it came out. Um, it was pretty good. I, like, I, I did not like it or anything, but the song that I'm going to pick is uh, Champagne Face because I just fucking love the I, I love the beat. Yeah, I love uh, that. The, the chanting part It's just, oh, it's, it's so good. It's hard. It's so fucking hard.
this album is great. I, I listened to it a lot. Yeah. Uh, in 2022. You know, it's funny. Sing me a lullaby. I liked like there's some really great tracks on there. They really mm-hmm. uh, they do what they do on that out on that album. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, if you didn't like Suicide Boys before, Sing Me a Lullaby is not the album that's going to make you like them. If you did, you're going to go, yeah, this is good. But Dirtiest, Nastiest, Suicide with Germ, that one grabbed a hold of me. I've had it on repeat since it came out. And and honestly, I I would argue if you don't like Suicide Boys, maybe give this a shot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because it's a li- yeah. there's some different sounding it's, stuff. It's very different variety. sounding. Uh, yeah. I'm going to pick I Dream of Chrome which is the track right before Champagne Face. And I also had Sick. Champagne Face on my list, so. Fuck yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess it's up to Robbie to give us his number one. Yeah, Robbie, it's back right. to you. All right. Quick turnaround. Um, so the album I'm going with for number one of 2022 is Dubs, D-U-B-B-S, with an album called Unshadowed. Um, this is a guy who's been around the underground scene for quite a while, sort of on the outskirts. You know, he's not like a main player. A lot of people are super, super familiar with, but... um. He's been in groups like Mission Infect. He's done solo work. Uh, and then in the recent years, he's been sort of the kind of, sort of, not really, maybe sometimes third member of super famous Funtime guys. Uh, he does a lot of their like hooks, like singing their hooks and does a lot of their engineering and stuff. And and will put like a um, track or two, like he'll put a, like a verse or two wrapped on each album. But um, this is his latest solo album. It's sort of like, it's 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 like a, not a story. It's not conceptual in that way, but it feels like a guy who had a rough couple of years depression wise and like post COVID stuff, not like illness, but like mentally, and then kind of used his music intentionally to pull himself out of it. So there's a lot of like positive stuff on it, but in a way that's like, you can tell it's positive in the face of negative, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so like a lot of lyrics, like intentionally saying, like, I'm making this song to make myself feel better kind of stuff. And uh, it's very catchy, very poppy, really good rapping overall. Just, yeah, like there's nothing else came out this year that makes me feel better to listen to. And that like if track one plays, I'm like, all right, well, I'm here for the next, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. Mm. So that's that's number one with a bullet. Awesome. I do have an album that that makes me feel that way. And I'm going to talk about it in a moment that. You know, if I start it, I'm listening to the whole thing uh, Mm -hmm. and then probably starting it over and listening to it again. But uh, I'd like to hear Aaron's number one. Oh, did you choose a song? You need to choose a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to choose a song. Hey, gang, I'm going to choose a song. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go. Great idea, Robbie. Okay. Uh, Which one should I pick? Um, Oh, it's up to me. Three, probably. Okay. I'm going with track number three. Which is Haunted House, which honestly is one I could have picked either way. Oh, okay. It's, it's a, kind of a Perfect. breakup song. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So we'll go with that. Thanks for picking. Yeah. Hey, you're you're welcome. Really thought I could manage. Knew it was broken, but I kept on closing this dirty oven with a bandage. Splattering black on the canvas. But it's too late for the damage. You took a lot of shit. I only took you for granted. And now it seems every day is Halloween. I don't know how to get out of this nightmare. I'm just surrounded by goblins and fiends. Because everything shifted to black on the day that you grabbed all your shit and you packed and you left me to myself in this haunted house i swear i still see you aaron what's your number one all right my number one and y'all mine were not ranked so this is not right i'm not saying this is the best album of the year let's let's do it this Um, way what's your third choice for top three albums third choice for top three albums uh is going to be uh diaspora problems by soul glow diaspora diaspora problems by soul glow surprising so i checked them out because i there was a lot of hype around them when when this album was coming out and stuff and i was pleasantly surprised at uh 90 percent of what i heard hmm. in this uh release i thought it was really good. it's it's like super fast skate punk uh but it's also got like some heavy breakdowns in there that are like very like 2008 sort of breakdowns like mall core breakdowns I've, I've that are a little before they're soul glow and it's glo right GLO, yes. Yes, yes. I've definitely listened to them. Doesn't surprise me that you're uh, familiar. Yeah, Robbie, I'm sure you're familiar. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. This album reminded me a lot of being 16, working at Vans, and literally just having a chill summer life where I made like eight bucks an hour, but I didn't have any bills. So I just skated and hung out with my friends and worked a super chill job that had playlists uh, that were pretty much this. I would not be surprised if I walked into a Vans and heard any song off this album uh, on there. Yeah, playlist. I believe that. Uh, But so the pick that I'm going to choose is actually going to be the first song, Gold Chain Punk. Uh, I think it's really fucking good. It's a great opener song. Sets the tone for the uh, the album uh, really well. It's not a perfect song. Like I said, there's some things. I think some of the breakdowns and uh, that they have are, are a little corny, and I, it kind of takes me out a little bit. I think if they just stuck to just like old school skate punk, like heavy, just aggressive skate punk, it would be fucking amazing. But but if you don't have breakdowns, like how do people dance. know when to dance? Exactly. A great point. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I got to go back to this record because I, I listened to it like twice the week it came out. and was like, this is fucking great. And then never listened to it again. So I feel you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was a pure nostalgia bomb, a brand new record, pure nostalgia bomb for me. So it pretty much stayed nice. stayed playing periodically for me. All right. Well, Robbie already talked about my number one. Uh, yeah. And my number one is truly my number one. I think this is the album that resonated most with me this year the thing that i just really love the way it feels to listen to and it's fleshwater we're not here to be loved yeah 
Oh it, yeah. It's just it, the whole album has just such a, a vibe and a feel and I, it is a turn it on and listen to the entire thing album mm-hmm. to me. And there's Agreed. just like a block of tracks in the middle, like the razor's apple, woohoo, Linda Claire, uh, kiss the ladder. Like those four tracks in a row are like just perfect together. Like you don't want to go to one or the other, but you picked razor's apple, right? Yeah. I'm probably just going to pick woohoo since it comes after it. Fair. That's fair. Were you aware of this project before the album? I wasn't. I didn't hear the the demo. Okay, yeah, because that came out, what, early 2020, I want to say? Yeah, I didn't even know about it. And I was a big Vane fan, so I was listening to that a lot. And then kind of didn't even realize they were working on an album. And, uh, yeah, when it came out, I was really, really pleasantly surprised because they took what was there and, and beefed it out. Really, really good. Yeah, I was was on the verge of being semi-obsessed with Error Zone. Like... Mm-hmm. That that's an album that I really really liked, and for a hot minute I was listening mm. to it a lot. But yeah, I haven't like the new album. I was like, eh, okay, this is okay. This though, I like a hundred times more than the new Vane album. So if they only made this band going forward, I would I would not be mad. I'd be fine with it. I don't dislike Vane or anything. I just no, I like them a lot. But this, I just mean I, I, just I like. There's uh, there's a lot more character here and there's just a lot more to chew on in these songs. Although that last Vane album, they they diversified a lot. And I'm probably talking out of both sides of my mouth here. I do like that they did that. And I also hate that they did that. <laughs> I didn't like I'm like, get this clean singing and stuff out of here. Not that there wasn't any previously or anything, but it just felt like they were kind of with that album starting to take the code orange path. And they're right. like. Yeah. We might be able to get really big if we can just appeal to a slightly wider audience. You know, let's be a little more accessible. And that's fine. This, I think, is equally super accessible and also for a very specific audience. So, yeah, I think it's like it's for a very specific audience, but I think it's got a lot of appeal to a lot of other people. Too. Right. Like I could see any of these songs like like Aaron said about Soul Glow being on a Vans playlist and and people being psyched on it. Yeah, I mean, these are songs that, you know, if you're hanging out with your friends and it's after a show and you want something that's just kind of like a little more chill to listen to or something to just zone out and feel this is good. But I could also totally hear it in a movie soundtrack or something. Yes, there's a nostalgic movie montage thing to it. Driving around montage. Yeah, it it feels equally modern and uh, reverent for. Some of the, I'd say, less mainstream alternative rock and stuff that was coming up. That's why I, I definitely feel it's got a little more of that shoegazy feel than I would say. Like people go, oh, grunge or something when you think alternative. And right. this is not that. No, no, no. <clears throat> Aaron, have you listened to this album? I have not. I really want to. This know. album is so up your alley. I'm shocked you haven't heard it. I I must have just completely fucking missed it. Honestly. 
I know we, we talked about it in chat in in Discord, but um, maybe I missed it in that yeah, too. I, I probably did, but yeah, no, I'm definitely excited to check it out after listening to this conversation. You should do it. All right. Well, there Come you in. go. There's our top albums of the year 2022 and uh, you can check the playlist there's a link in the description of this episode yay let's get down to business let's get down to business to defeat the buns oh wow anybody have any buns this morning no i didn't that's what i said when i said let's get down to business by the way i needed to see what y'all ate yeah oh (laughs) uh so far, I have eaten half a can of polar cranberry lime seltzer. That's what I've had for breakfast Ooh, today. Delicious filling. Uh, I had a, a, a new what type of filling did you have? What? Oh, I had filling. I had just uh, jelly donut filling. Oh, oh. <laughs> just the filling. Just the just yeah. the jelly. No donut. <laughs> Squeeze it into a glass. Just the nut <laughs> filling. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I had a I had a Noosa lemon yogurt and a cup of coffee. Oh, Ooh, delicious. Yeah. I, I had some mini muffs. Oh, mm. mini muffs. Yeah, made made some some mini muffs this morning. That sounds My wonderful. My favorite pedal. It was delicious. Did you say that's your favorite pedal? Yeah. The mi- <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's it's One great for when you're making like um really fuzzy uh, like, you know, grunge rock music. It's mini muff is what you need. But just a little fuzzy. Just a little. Just slightly fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, see, I was looking for a, a pedal that would make it fuzzy bear. So I'm actually returning a, mine. You, you want a waka pedal? I wanted a yeah. Leo. <laughs> the, that, that was a race to get to that joke. <laughs> Everybody was there. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, the waka pedal. Uh, okay, so we're reviewing an album today. It's most tasteless. The you can't see my air quotes national version. And from the release of the original version that we talked about last week to the release of this one, about 11 months passed. Robbie, is there anything that we need to know about what happened between that first one and this one? Not like in in, in like hard facts ways, more just in uh, how should I put this vibe and energy ways, if that makes sense. Oh, we're about um, to so- talk about that. Yeah. So like leading into the original Most Tasteless, obviously, if you look at the, you know, the credits is mostly Scott Sumner yep. and Twisted at the disc, you know, working. And they had kind of been coming off years of being their own thing. They were new to the scene of ICP and all that. And so uh, really what happens in the 11 months leading to this reissue is ICP and Twisted become a gang. They, you know, tour relentlessly always together you know like um icp does not play a show twisted doesn't open they don't go to an interview without bringing you know they brought twisted to howard stern and yeah. man cow and i remember um you know alternative press uh wanted to do a cover shoot they brought twisted in and one of the three covers they did was with twisted on it so like it was basically like icp with their new fame and 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 notoriety that they had gained through the great malenko controversy kind of just dragged Twisted along for the ride. And if basically, if you saw ICP, you saw Twisted with them through that whole year. So um, in stores for everything, it even extended from what I hear to when they did that, just another crazy click track with three, six mafia. Absolutely. They, they did not ask for Twisted to be on that track. ICP just threw them on and were like, hope this is okay. 
I, yeah, I think they just recorded the parts and sent it. And Three Six Mafia was like, "Hey, you know what? No one really knows who's in this group either. So let's fucking go." Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Crunchy Black's on here. Let's go nuts. Right. But yeah, so so I think that is like the most important context for this album is that like it went from Twisted being kind of their own very specific thing, who were very clearly friends and 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 coworkers and associates with ICP to like. I feel like by the time this dropped, they were an extension of ICP to a degree. Uh, People definitely began associating the two closely, even to the point where, you know, you mentioned Howard Stern. I remember hearing that episode and Howard Stern just assumed that Twisted was part of ICP. You know, he was like, oh, you know, it's a bunch of big guys in your group, you know, the guys out in the hall. And Jay had to correct him. No, that's Twisted, similar to ICP, but a different group. And I think the general public started kind of doing the same thing because they were everywhere together. Yeah, totally. And especially because ICP were just newly famous or, you know, right. I, I mean, famous is it, maybe with air quotes. They weren't, you know, as big as like corn or someone was at the time, right. but it's, they were known. But because it's not corn like got people big, were like, were oh, ICP added mm-hmm. two people. No, right. They exactly. didn't know that ICP was two people. Yeah. They just assumed the whole time it was. Yeah. Poor. Or they just assume that the whole thing was one big group or, you know, it's ICP and Twisted, but they're the same thing. But yeah, I I mean, that's literally, I think, the only real history context to give. You know, they uh, in between, probably around the same time they recorded these songs, they uh, filmed Big Money Hustlers. Yeah. They, you know, toured a bunch in Europe and the U.S. And so, I mean, I think basically the, 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 the historical context is just they were very busy and they were very tied to ICP. And they were silver screen stars. The the rumors of Dark Lotus were floating by this point now as well. Yes. Yeah. And that uh, I'm trying to think of the exact timeline of that. I know that Dark Lotus is mentioned a couple times on this album and on the amazing Jekyll Brothers. Right. Which came out just before this, like a month before. Two months. Two months ahead of this. Yeah. I think it's one. I think it's June. Is June 22nd? Okay, so let's talk about that. We'll get into some of my album info here. Mm-hmm. I've got multiple dates listed. Oh, okay. So if you look on Wikipedia, it says June 22nd. But on Discogs, it says July 3rd. And I'm inclined mm-hmm. to believe the July 3rd date because I remember being at a 4th of July party. And my friend Jay, who I've talked about through all of the Storytime episodes, mm-hmm. Jay showed up with a copy of this at that 4th July party. And I think that's the first time I ever remember seeing it. I remember us sitting in the car Mm. listening to it. Okay, yeah, maybe it did get pushed back a week or two. I know all the promo for it said July or June 22nd. Like there's ads in the Amazing Jekyll Brothers and some like magazine ads and stuff that they had put out uh, that said June 22nd. But maybe it did get pushed back a couple weeks or something. Yeah, I'm curious about it because... That I definitely have that distinct memory of Fourth of July, so I don't know. Yeah, it, either way, but it was closely, you know, less uh, than two months apart. Yeah, from Jack and Brothers. So I guess it, it's worth getting into the Dark Lotus history, which would be that on Halloween of nineteen ninety eight, uh, Hallowicked flyers were given out to the crowd at Hallowicked that basically said, "Call this phone number on this day and learn about Dark Lotus." And so, you know, no one had ever heard of that. No one had a clue what that was at the time. So on that day, they called that phone number and it said, hey, you got to go to this record store in Detroit or in the Detroit area in Michigan and get this 
CD of Dark Lotus Echo Side. And when you went to the store, you received an all black CD single. Like the case is black, the cover is black, the disc is black, and it had the song Echo Side, which later appeared on Amazing Jekyll Brothers. But at the time, it was just this is Dark Lotus. Uh, I think the flyer said Dark Lotus will never be spoken of again after this. This is the one off thing. And so it was almost like a little not urban legend because it was in a very, very small community. But it was they were kind of setting it up like, you know, you don't really know what this is. You know, it's these guys. But but who knows what 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 this holds kind of thing. So yeah, I bet um, those CDs aren't worth any money right now. Oh, no, no, no. That, that goes for uh, three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so then, you know, by by Amazing Jekyll Brothers and this, you know, Dark Lotus started getting lyrical references and stuff. And it was almost, you know, it was building hype and also kind of a wink at like, who knows what we're going to do here. This is a group we've got, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. So and there's also the same time that Psychopathic Riders was taking shape. They oh, yeah. recorded Dumpin, I think, in late 98, early 99. So like right around the same time they recorded the the new tracks for this album mm. um as well as you know the the doing big money hustlers so all of this stuff was sort of just happening at the same time uh just side by side of each other another thing happened during that time the original version of this album was just released through psychopathic but this national version was mm-hmm. released through island def jam so they signed to island def jam during that time as well yeah and i I assume that was just in the same way that they went to Howard Stern and were on the three, six mafia track and all that. I assume ICP just said, Hey, these are our guys, sign them. And <laughs> like I guess Island was like, uh, are these guys, I guess the, we, they're already part of the group, I guess. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I guess you're on our label. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know if it was a label deal, like a, you know, psychopathic being sort of signed as a label to Island or if it was just, they were pushing twisted that hard that they demanded it of Island or who knows what, but yeah. But yeah. So through their connections, they got twisted signed up. I never got the impression that psychopathic was like a proper Island imprint or anything like that though. No, no. Cause they were doing their own thing the whole time. And, and the, the way they put it down the line was that it was because Island wasn't paying attention or didn't care about them because when ICP signed with Island, they were like, a big deal, like hot shots at the label. The island paid a bunch of money to get them signed sure and, and really worked the great Malenko and, and we're very excited about them. And then in early mid 99, somewhere right around the time these records come out, uh, island merged with Def Jam or was like bought by Jeff Def Jam yep. and Def Jam, you know, was had had Jay Z DMX and they did yeah. not give a fuck about ICP. Yeah, they, all exactly. of a sudden they were small fish. Yeah, yeah. So these projects kind of, you know, they were pushed and they were nationally distributed. And Great Malenko or not Great Malenko, Amazing Jekyll Brothers went to number four on Billboard. So big. They were successful, but I think it pretty quickly, like Psychopathic was just doing whatever the hell they wanted, and Island was not paying any attention whatsoever. Which is how we got Bizarre Bizarre. Bizarre Bizarre, any of the, you know, like weird, like, you know, even like stuff like the Joe and Joey record stuff. Technically, uh, technically for Island, Jay can only rap. Right. right. Uh, True. There's rumors and we've talked about it and heard that the reason the Bizarre Bizarre albums existed and mm-hmm. it, what they didn't go to the sixth Jokers card was because they right. wanted out of that contract because they weren't. They, you know, Def Jam didn't want to push them, didn't care about them. They were like, let's just fulfill our contract and quietly disappear. It's a little, little of that, a little of we want to grow this thing even bigger before we get there. You know, I'm sure uh, it's both. Yeah. 
yeah, it was, it was uh, there are multiple factors, but that was definitely one of them. Was We're not ready for this to be over. Can we keep doing other projects? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do think that's why it, it was two individual CDs that you could buy at a store as opposed to a double disc album was because, you know, two individual CDs were two albums off of a contract, so on and so yeah. forth. All right. So yeah. let's talk about this reissue. I see it commonly referred to as reissue everywhere. It's listed that that way in a lot of places. But it's not really a reissue. This album contains eight of the 14 tracks that were on the original version and also adds five new tracks, all of which were produced by Mikey Clark and most of which feature ICP in some capacity. So yeah. it's weird that people call it a reissue because it really isn't. A few of the songs, no, not a few, eight of the songs from the original appear on this one. So it's uh, I, I don't I can't think of any other. There's no other real analog for this in the music world that I'm aware of. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I can't come up with anything off the top of my head. But it, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same album, but it's also definitely not the same album. Right. The way I've always put it is that it, I, re- I kind of relate it to like the Evil Dead franchise in that like Evil Dead, the original was like low budget, homemade yeah. for all intents yes. and purposes you know, gritty movie. And then Evil Dead 2 is basically the same movie and plot, but like with a big budget with, you know, different plot uh, points. And things, yeah, oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Some changes. But it's changed, but it's follows the same structure and there was a lot more money put behind it. It was more successful, that kind of thing. So I, I always related to that like like uh, most tasteless original is kind of like the gritty homemade, yeah. you know, indie project. And then this is like the the big budget major label remake or whatever yeah they should have called this most tasteless too yeah or honestly electric well, yeah or, or what less tasteless less tasteless i would have just gone for an ep of uh of these extra songs but i guess I that doesn't work the same way in 1999 when people just want to buy a cd with yeah you know getting a deal for these guys or whatever no, i fully agree with that i'm like just re-release the original album and drop an ep but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's reasons they couldn't do that. But uh, there's yeah. another odd thing on this album, and we'll talk about it later, is that some of the lyrics are censored in certain songs. And it's strange yes. when you listen to what words they are, oddly selective. There are a lot of things that I'm like, if that's censored, I would think. Why this isn't be this well. other thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I ran into that thought a lot. It, well, in two specific songs, yes. I think there's only two songs where where there's some censored lyrics, but yes, absolutely. Yeah, really strange. And then I also want to talk about Blaze. Blaze is on this album and not mm. just relegated to uh, really an uncredited hook. He's got a full verse in a song here. This is yeah. over a year before One Less G in the Hood came out. Uh, right. This is actually a this year is... before the EP even, right? This is yeah, almost before. exactly a year before the EP. Yeah, yeah. that's and then two years, two years before One Last G in the Hood. And in his verse, he not only references Dark Lotus, that's two years before Dark Lotus came out. But there is an ad inside the booklet for Dark Lotus that lists only the members of ICP and Twisted, but not Blaze. So that's kind of an interesting thing. But there are two yeah. tracks on this album, Blink and Hound Dogs, where they reference Dark Lotus and mm-hmm. I have seen people list them as performed by Dark Lotus, but that is not the way they're credited in this album. No, and I think that's uh, insane too to say that like Blink is a Dark Lotus song. You know, it's very much a twisted song that Jay does some chorus work on. I think right. 
people get really excited about the concept of Dark Lotus, I feel like. And yeah. so they like to accredit things to it. They tr- yeah, they try and jam as much as they can into the idea of Dark Lotus. Right. And, you know, maybe internally they were working on stuff and and thought, oh, this is kind of a Dark Lotus thing. But then they put it somewhere else. I know that happened a couple of times. Like there's a song on Freak Show that was very clearly originally written as a Dark Lotus song. Right. I think on One Less G also. But Maniac, um, Killer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but uh, I, I don't think those I don't think Blink don't count uh, in that way. No, it seems silly. So, oh, so in the way that like ICP had been dragging Twisted to everything and they had kind of become like their second half or whatever twisted were simultaneously on a smaller scale doing that with blaze mm. which is where he comes into this album why he's on you know psychopathic riders that was recorded around this time and stuff like that um so basically like when isi dissolved because jay said you know hey i don't want this third guy in the group they had kind of promised blaze you know all right sit back for a minute we'll do this and we'll we'll get you where you need to be and so they sort of you know we're pushing that immediately like they did an in-store tour for uh, amazing jekyll brothers where they you know were in like an insane asylum kind of thing that you had to go through a maze to get to them and blaze played like a mental ward orderly that carried them in he like immediately got a desk job or like a mailing job at psychopathic and then they started sort of introducing him into the into the music little by little so this pound dogs is his like it's been referred to by himself by blaze as like his uh, demo almost, or like his um, audition, audition almost. Yeah, where they were like, all right, see what you can do. And he put together this verse and, and you know, people liked it. And so that led to him being a full-fledged signee to the label. It's, but it's crazy it was, to me that Jay usually has a, uh, no, I take that back. At that time, I think Jay had a good view for what was going to play well and, and where the talent was coming from. And Blaze has such a unique voice and talent. Like when Blaze's first EP came out, there was a lot of buildup to it. I mean, at least within that community. And it was a super hella exciting thing. Like I remember trying to like track down the EP because like I've got to hear this. Like there was mystery around it and it was like they were really building it up. And I mean, I don't know. He's had a relatively prolific career. It's crazy to me to think that right from the jump, they didn't go, all right, this guy's got something we need to work with him. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a personal thing, if they didn't get along or maybe who, you know, who knows what, but I know that there, throughout the early two thousands, there are a lot of setbacks and weird controversies that kind of happen between blaze and either Jay or Alex where blaze either, you know, he leaves the label at one point. He retires at one point. The label pulled the EP off the shelves and and said it wasn't selling, so they didn't want to keep it in, in print. There's like a lot of weird Blaze slash psychopathic stuff in the early era. So, you know, those stories will be told someday, maybe, or maybe they never will. But but there's there's something to that for sure. Uh, we'll cover that in Blaze with they. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> No, so okay, but am I to understand then that that ICP was uh, Qui Gon Jinn to Twisted's Obi Wan Kenobi to Blaze Your Dead Homies Anakin Skywalker? Whoa, fuck! I think that's I mean, right. That's as crazy. A Star Wars knowledge. Yeah. Guy. No, wow, that's crazy to think about. But then who ABK is Blaze's protege? ABK yeah, is ABK Ahsoka Tano. Was his hype man at first. Yeah. I guess ABK is Ahsoka Tano, wow. but. But who's Baby Yoda? 
Nobody is. <laughs> the only person that's baby Yoda Luigi is Mac, Yoda when he's younger. <laughs> yeah, Actually, Ouija Mac, I mean, just looks wise, I think fits the bill. <laughs> We, yeah. we all know that Ouija Mac is the baby Yoda of psychopathic <laughs> records. And we have gone on record of saying that this is just common knowledge across the Juggalo community. Listen, if his next album isn't fucking called Grogu, I'm going to riot. <laughs> There's definitely a Grogu water. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I'd sip on some Grogu water. Oh, yeah, maybe. Okay. Let me talk a little bit more about this album and we'll jump into the cover uh, yeah. I'm going to start by talking about some details around the cover. This version includes a new cover and booklet with multiple panels of comic book style art, which was concepted by Greg Pisani, who, huge surprise here, worked on mostly wrestling focused comics like Undertaker, Mankind and China, as well as ICP's The Pendulum Comics. And the artwork was penciled and inked by Robert Brown, who actually did a fair amount of work with Marvel Comics, looks like, in the 90s on books like Spider-Man and Inhumans and Iron Fist. So that's, that's kind of neat. Cool. Uh, I assume ICP connected with this dude through wrestling and actually, they connected with Twisted. Maybe you can fill this in for me. But uh, so the ICP got a comic book deal through Chaos Comics. Right. Uh, which is who, you know, these guys were doing art for at the time. And then I the story I've always heard is that Jamie was a big fan of the comic book Evil Ernie. I was just going to say uh, Chaos is Evil Ernie and Purgatory yeah. and Lady Death and all of those books. So that's where they come from as far as the twisted interest in having them do their stuff is that Jamie loved those books mm. and wanted these guys to do their art because ICP had a Chaos Comics connection already. Makes sense. All that stuff moved around. I don't know. I think somebody bought out a lot of the rights to that stuff, but that that could make sense. It seems about right. We'll talk about it yeah. more when you get into the cover, because I want to discuss some of those things. Uh, also, yeah, yeah, I'm holding it. I just want to say, to my knowledge, despite charting on the Billboard 200, and it's not clear which version charted. I think it's this one, though. I think like be. 149. And I assume selling pretty well. Uh, to my knowledge, again. This version of the album has never been reissued or re-released by Psychopathic, m &E, Island, anybody. No. I think uh, at one point, uh, either m &E or Psychopathic like found a box of them, of old stock, and listed them online for a minute. But, I mean, that's it's just gone for now. Weird. And I hear, I've heard lately that Twisted's been in talks with Island or trying to figure out a way to yeah. get that, at least on streaming. But, yeah, I mean, the, like this, it's it's bizarre because... You know, this is the version that was easily accessible back in the day. And now it's one of the hardest to come by things in Twisted's catalog as far so as like odd. even being able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. That's that's the info. I mean, that was sort of history and info mixed together. Yeah. History info. Yeah. Mixtery. Infistery. Yeah, that's the one. That doesn't sound right. Infistery. Yeah. We should start a joint certified uh, in fistery moment. Let's start a joint Instagram called <laughs> Twisted in Fistery. <laughs> All right. I'll get the domain. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, should we start our release by looking at the album cover? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So the 1999 album release cover, this comic book cover mm -hmm. is fucking cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like this thing looks awesome. It does um, look awesome. Now, I love again, I love the most tasteless original uh, cover 
with them in their hoodies. I will always love that. It will always be my favorite, most tasteless cover. But I love this artwork. And I would totally put this poster on my wall. Yeah. Uh, Without a second thought in my mind. I mean, it looks really fucking cool. Super detailed. They look badass. Swinging those axes around. This this is a tough one to walk past in the music store. You're going to stop and look at it. Oh, yeah. Totally. This, to me, also, this cover looks the way the intro sounds. Oh, yeah. like interesting. Oh, that, yeah. Like random sounds of chaos and violence happening in the background. And I feel like this like suits that like, you know, we're dropped in to hear these guys chopping up demons, I assume. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that. There's like if you flip through the booklet, there's various like vortexy looking uh, which orange swirls. Which feels like it kind of ties the into the original cover a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're in front of that blue vortex yeah. thing. I would love to hear either of them talk about what that represented or, you know, had to do with. Yeah. Well, I so that, yeah. I'm curious about that, too. Like, I look at this cover and I'm like, this looks really cool. It's colorful. It's interesting. It feels a little off brand, I think. But I wonder when you look through those other panels, is there a mm-hmm. story here? Is there, am I supposed, it, there's different characters. You've got FBI, you've got some kind of yeah. like. I mean, Violent J is yeah. even in there. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he's Violet in the uh, old lady open. one. Oh, I don't know if I even well, I haven't seen that. Shaggy yet, but yeah. Shaggy I, I is, I, there's like a penitentiary oh, okay, gate yeah. thing, and he's kind of leaning on top of it. I'm, I'm holding oh. the CD, flipping through it right now, yeah. so I oh, might have a different nice. view than you guys. Yeah, um, I, I think it's interesting, but it, it definitely I mean, and I don't know if this was by design. It looks like if you took just random panels from a full existing comic book and tossed them in here, because it definitely yeah. looks as if they're there's some kind of overarching story to what's going on. Yeah, it's almost like and the more I'm looking at it, like there's a guy who looks kind of depressed. He's holding a gun and there's like a demon crawling over the chair at him it looks like twisted out his window and then there's you know a drug deal and there's some demons kind of surrounding it so it's almost like they're like the evils of the world kind of thing like maybe twisted or their demon cohorts are like Mm. you know uh present for all the evils of the world kind of thing or based on the cover maybe they're here to save the day and they're chopping these demons up i'm not sure well that's that's some uh icp influence there i think Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I have always thought was odd, though, that they made them the exact same build on the front cover. Yeah. <laughs> and they were you know, closer to the same True. build maybe at the time. But uh, but yeah, they were not the same exact size. Yeah. And I mean, well, if you look at the CD, the cartoony faces on the CD, which I hate, they're definitely not. <laughs> oh, the really? Same oh, yeah. There. I'm, no, I'm not, a few, not a huge fan. Yeah, that those are very much so caricaturized. Yeah. Which kind of I feel like clashes with I, I'm not a huge fan of the faces uh, and I think they clash with the artwork of the actual release. Now, I noticed in the discord the other day we were talking about uh, twisted logos. Yeah. And yeah. Which twisted logos are great and which mm-hmm. aren't. I love the twisted logo on the cover. I hate the twisted logo on the CD. Really? I like that one. It looks like there's like some some gunshots maybe or something. That's the way I always took it. Like it was like the the little circular parts with splatter on them were maybe gunshots. Right. Yeah. I like the one on the cover too, but I I just, I don't, uh, yeah, there's just something about the one on the CD. I'm not a fan, but the one on the cover is, is really clean. I I really like that one. I think overall Mm -hmm. this whole thing 
is nicely put together, except for the font they chose on the inside, which is almost illegible. But the issue I have with this is when you look at the cover and the panels and the CD and the there's another caricature of them somewhere, it absolutely makes them seem more cartoony, like comic book characters. There are no pictures of them. Well, I guess there's one picture of their faces for real in there. But compared to the original, looking at this album immediately lightens the entire tone of the album before you ever listen to it. Probably intentionally so. But from the second that you look at this cover compared to the original Most Tasteless, it's a different tone. Yeah. This gives me almost more like a modern like Dio or like Iron Maiden or something. How those were real like fantastical, you know, characterized kind of things. That's that's almost the tone I see in this as opposed to like the Stark, like, you know, the original one had like pictures of pregnant women in different stages of pregnancy oh, and, a woman and getting chopped with an axe. Yeah. And they were like poorly, you know, photoshopped or whatever they were yeah. using in 1998. But, uh, this but is also, definitely a more light tone. Yeah. I feel like the tone of this though, also kind of fits with the newer tracks introduced on this totally uh, release, but oh, we'll, we'll sure. get to that, you know, when yeah. we, when we get to that, but which actually let's do that. now. let's get to it now. Let's just get into the meat of it. Let's just go balls deep into Twisted, the national release. Woo. Y'all, we're going to lightly touch on and and point out some differences in some of the tracks that we already touched on last week. And then we'll really get into the nitty gritty on the new stuff. But uh, we're still going to go through all of them. So we'll start with the first one, uh, of course, which is the intro track which also appeared on the original version. Eric. Yes. Oh, I was saying Eric could take it away. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The song is called Twisted. As far as I can tell, it's identical to the original version. I don't think they made any changes. I'll say, though, somehow I feel like this fits better on this version of the album than it even does on the other one. Uh, it's mm. one of the one of the few where I feel like that's that's the case, but. Um, to Robbie's point, when you look at this album and the rest of the tone of the album as you listen, this feels like an even more appropriate intro here. Uh, but I think it's the same. Yeah, no, I, my opinions didn't change, but I liked Robbie's observation that this uh, feels very fitting to the tone of the album artwork of this release. And yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I can definitely see where this is a better fit here than it is on the original version. Yeah. The other thing that is kind of across the board on all these tracks is that Mike Clark went through and kind of remixed and remastered them and beefed them up a little bit. Not like with new instruments, but, you know, levels and Just things like that. Just a proper remaster. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So so everything is going to sound a little crisper here than it does on the original. It does. It, you can yeah. notice uh, it's it's louder yeah. as well. All right. Well, let's move on to track two. Secondhand Smoke. Uh, so far, we're we're. Same songs, same order. That's not going to last long. But Aaron, what are your thoughts? My thoughts have not changed on this song. Yeah, I think They're, it's the same again. It's just, yeah, it's the same again. At first, I thought that the, there might have been a new beat, but I that quickly I was like, oh no, this is the same beat. And that is when I noticed, oh, some I'm sure somebody went in and and beefed these up just a little bit. Yeah, between so yeah, of course. yeah, Mike did nice, good job, Mike. Mike E. Clark. Great work. Robbie, any additional thoughts to add here? No. Great song. Great intro. Um, I think the only thing in listening to both of these that like I notice about this song compared to 
you know, hearing it on the first one is they put so, and this is maybe an overall thoughts thing, but, but I feel like the new songs on this hit in such a different way totally. that it almost makes the songs that hit the hardest on the first issue feel milder in comparison. Mm. Um, I think this one gets suffers from that a little bit, not suffers might be the wrong word, but like this was like a clear standout on the first one. And I feel like just the way that this one's put together, secondhand smoke still hits hard, but it's like, you know, there's some, some songs that they definitely put more production and work into. Yeah. It's not a rock song, so it's not going to be the one that you remember. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Let's move on to the third track. Yes. Again, from the same, the, the original release, Die Motherfucker Die. Sort of Eric. from the original release. This is not exactly the same this time. Uh, up to this point, same first three tracks. However, they've done some weird censors in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand why they chose the words they did. So in when Jamie says we need to burn the White House and piss in his face, the word burn is flipped. Um, yeah. Okay. That's a strange one. Same with the word beat and every cop should be beat like Rodney King. And the really weird one to me is when they say the pigs don't get no class, the word pigs is flipped, but they don't flip cops or police anywhere. They didn't censor fuck the police and secondhand smoke. So it's really odd that they chose to do this. Also, there are other violent statements in this song, like I can split your head with my aluminum bat, but I guess because they're not directed at police or the president. It's okay. Yeah, I think that's it. I assume they got notes from Island on, hey, you can't say you're going to burn the White House or, you know, beat every cop. Uh, this is also, you know, still what, seven-ish years, six, seven years after the Ice-T cop killer controversy. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was maybe still in the air a little bit, but uh, I think they probably just flipped the bare minimum words to get through. I figure, but it just so, like, feels inconsistent because there's other places where I'm like, did they not provide those notes on this part? Yeah, and maybe saying fuck the police is a different vibe than saying, you know, beat every cop. I guess. I don't know. But the the flipping the pigs one is weird because pigs don't get no class doesn't seem like an offensive statement. It's not a violent statement. Maybe it made more sense to flip pigs in the rhyme scheme and the general, you know, vibe of the song than wig split. I think the strange thing about this to me is that clearly they got a round of notes from Island and they went and they flipped the absolute bare minimum, like yeah. Eric said. I would have expected a second round of notes from Island. You know what I mean? I would have expected them to be like, hey, so you did these. But we also noticed. Can you all we also noticed? Can you can you just fix these real fast as well? Yeah, I I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. It's a little baffling that some of the things are are censored and, and some aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it to me is that aside from like the pigs one, which is weird. It's the inconsistency of it. That seems odd to me, but eh, yeah, whatever. Like, cause I, I mean, clearly twisted wasn't like you get one round of notes, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like obviously. And, and of course I don't think ICP was like, you get one round of notes for twisteds, you know, like I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it could so even just be a weird. thing where like whoever was, the notes guy didn't care that much and was like, yeah, sure, pass through. You know, we had they could have been smart. Like, Whoever gave the notes was like, here's the notes, fix this stuff. And then they were like, all yeah. right, we fixed it. And the label was like, we're just going to take your word for it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like whoever, however many channels you have to go through at a major label to get something approved and put out is probably. Yeah. There's some, there's some cracks. And 
we already said they weren't really looking at it the psychopathic camp too hard so yeah that's right that's true. at this, this point the they might have still been paying point. attention because i think at least around here i think icp was still making money for them so yeah yeah like i said i mean one or two months ago at this point amazing juggle brothers had been number four on the charts so yeah. and they were doing oh good stuff right stuff. so they were still i mean they were still massive but they weren't jay-z massive so hard to say okay Let's move on to the next track, then. (laughs) This is the point on the album where, on the original version, we would get Smoke Break and then Murder, Murder, Murder. Those tracks. Yes, really quick. Someone told us in the the Discord channel this week, and I feel like an idiot, uh, that Smoke Break, which we talked about how it was a cool beat. We even, I turned my head to look at the credits online to see who produced it, all this. It's just a stolen beat from a Brother Lynch Hung song. Huh. Yeah, it's from 1993's 24 Deep EP, a song called Had to Gatcha. They just jacked the loop. Oh, shit. Yeah. I never so, knew that. Neither. I've heard both songs a ton of times and just never put the two and two. Do we know who called they... that out in the discord? Can we give them a shout out? Oh, if we have eight seconds for me to search for it, we I do. could do that. We do. Uh, let's look in new episode chat. Oh, God, we talked about a bunch of stupid crap in here yesterday about who drinks when. Um, um, SLC Juggalo. No I think it's SIC. To know this. Oh, SIC. Is it SIC? Sick Juggalo. Yeah. yeah. Sick Juggalo. No one seems to know this, but Twisted Smoke Break samples Brother Lynch Hung's song Had to Gotcha off his 24 DPP. Yep. Well, so, shout out to uh, Sick Juggalo for that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Sick Juggalo, and I hope you feel better soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get well. Uh, okay, so interesting note about Smoke Break could be why this got removed for the national version. Now it makes well, I mean, it made sense the whole time, but now it makes sense. Yeah, extra sense. Yeah, so Smoke yeah. Break and Murder, Murder, Murder are not here, but Rock the Dead is. Aaron, mm-hmm. what did you think of Rock the Dead? Uh, yeah, Beat is pretty cool. Um, not a huge fan of the hook though. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a little, it's a rock the dead. Do you guys remember That's that sure. video game for Xbox 360 called rock of the dead? No, I don't think I, I, I never had an Xbox 360. It, well, it was, it might've been on other systems too, but it uh-huh. was at the height of like when maybe just past the height, it's definitely just past the height, but when guitar hero and rock band were really big Oh right. and there was a game called rock of the dead and it was basically house of the dead but you like played your guitar controller thing and like did the rhythm stuff to shoot and kill zombies and like rock the dead that sounds fucking cool what year was that oh let me find out Uh, what you're what you just described to me sounds like it fucking rules honestly (laughs) i will say i agree so (laughs) this game Came out in 2010 for oh, iOS, okay. PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. iOS? Yeah. It must have come out on iOS later down the road. Huh. So I, could, I could probably play this on my phone right now later Probably. Today. Published by UFO Interactive. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving y'all 50% of my attention the rest of this, this episode, <laughs> y'all. I'm going to be rocking I, the bed, yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I couldn't help but win this game. I remember being at one of the big shows or conferences, and there was a booth for Rock the Dead, and thinking... Rock of the Dead, I'm sorry. Right. And thinking about this song when I saw it, it just. That's so funny. So so you attribute that to this song. 
because yeah. of those memories. Yeah, I yes. love it. The game received this- generally unfavorable reviews. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. So there you go. Okay, then I guess I'll wait to download it until after we're done. It says I feel like uh, the pitch meeting and in, in production went exactly the way this conversation went. Someone explained yeah. it. A that bunch of people. Went, that awesome. sounds fucking cool. And then they yeah. just made a poor game. Okay, but oh, here, here's the weird sure. thing. I'm looking at the cover, and I'm confused because you know usually on the cover they'll have like a featuring and they'll put some songs. This mm-hmm. one says featuring Rob Zombie. Okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris and Felicia Day. What oh, is happening? I Felicia Day. What, what is, are the they fuck? Voice actors on it? Must maybe? be. Must be. Players will take on the role of the main character voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, who has the okay. ability to defeat in- enemies, often zombies, with the power oh. of rock as he searches for his love interest voiced Felicia by Felicia Day. Day. Yeah. Um, I will say this cover sucks. It sucks. It's not great. But also, <laughs> can I just say that this cover looks like the visual interpretation of how this song sounds. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100 uh, percent. I I could totally see that. So let's get back to this song and your thoughts on <laughs> sure. it, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, so I think the beat is OK. They work with the flows uh, with the beat very well. Their flows are amazing on this song. Um, I wasn't a fan of the hook, wasn't a fan of the bridge. This song just seems a little cheesy to me. And so does the cover for this video game. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this I don't know. This song just seems a little cheesy to me. And then I also want to call out and maybe I'm having a little bra- brain fart here, but I've been trying to rack my brain all week. Mm-hmm. And Monoxide, Violent J, Shaggy and Evil Ed. Evil Ed, Evil Ned. Yeah, I, I've never known what that means. I, OK, so that is not I have not had a brain fart and there's not an Evil Ed in the past that has been mentioned that I forget about. No, um, and you know what? Maybe that was a blaze you know, concept that was in the process, you know, and then they went with Blaze oh. at the end of the day or something. I don't but, know. But I've, I've evil Ed, you dead homie. I feel like <laughs> I've heard about this and there was a story behind it. And evil Ed was some sort of character in their mythos, like, uh, you know, somebody that they used at shows or wrestling or something like that. Well, there's evil dead. The, the wrestler played by jump steady, who was in JCW. Maybe that's what he's saying there. I don't know, but there's also a movie from 1995 called evil ed. It's a, uh, a mild mannered film editor is assigned to cut a series of infamous slasher films and is driven murderously insane by miles of extremely violent footage. It looks cool. I'm looking at the cover right now. I'd watch this right now. I would watch it too. So although it says it was made in 95 and released in 97 in Sweden. Hmm. Huh. Weird. I, so yeah. timing would definitely line up there. But uh, at the same time, I don't know if that's what they're referencing either. That's just that would yeah, be I such a it. random deep, deep cut to throw in for no reason. Yeah. Especially it- listing Monoxide, Violent J Shaggy and this obscure yeah. movie that was only released in Sweden at the time. And this is coming from somebody who uh, Eric mentioned, hey, you really wanted to throw in that line and fuck, what was that line? In the fuck face in uh, Wanted for Murder. Oh, what? Your line about Jean-Luc Picard? <laughs> yeah, my, li- my line about Jean-Luc Picard. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? That's so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Jamie Madrox, uh, it, it, don't be so goddamn random coming from me, <laughs> the person that is king of not being random in lyrics. So uh, uh, get, it, get it together. Okay. In the Evil Dead universe... Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. specifically, Evil Ed is one of the Deadites. Okay. 
And they even did a limited comic series, Evil Dead 2, Revenge of Evil Ed. Interesting. When was that? Um, that was more that was that was 2017. However, the oh, character okay. definitely appears in the original movie. Interesting. So <laughs> calling out the crew and then an evil dead character. <laughs> I, I think I think that my guess would be that maybe they were workshopping something that didn't come to pass using that name, because I know they're both big evil dead Two fans. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it is just the direct crew and then a off, you know, off the main path movie character does seem strange. So I'm thinking either it was a reference to Jump Steady as the Evil Dead wrestling character, or maybe they were workshopping, yeah. you know, Blaze's character and didn't decide to go with Blaze yet. Or I don't know. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's always that makes sense. OK, not just Hon- honestly. This song, there's a very distinct difference in tone and vibe uh, between this song and everything that we've heard before, which has been stuff we've already reviewed and heard. Right. This is where you can really hear the, okay, this seems like a little bit more commercialized influence of a big label. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Uh, it just, I don't know, this, this song seems a little, it just seems a little cheesy to me. It didn't seem very authentic. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I also would say the second this song starts up, uh, if you didn't know this album came out in 1999, you would know that. Like, Fair. It, this is this is like pseudo rap rock stuff, much like ICP leaned heavily into these types of beats on Jekyll Brothers. It's yeah. clear that they and probably Island pushed them in this direction, right? Yes, it's a catchy song, but I agree. The hook is so stupid to me. I've always felt like the concept of the song is fine, but the rock the dead hook is just it kills the song for me. Like if you just if you've never heard them before this album and it's 1999 and you're 15, maybe this is pretty cool. I don't know. But the problem with this is when you listen to their lyrics throughout the song it's you can hear how so crazies and twisted in there jamie's first verse the lyricism in there is top notch conscious and confused Mm -hmm. see tomorrow's dreams on tonight's news like that's that that is jamie's like lyric brain working on 11 it's amazing Mm -hmm. but then you've got his second verse near the end and it's like cartoony and basic as can be also, throughout the song, you hear Jay in the background constantly doing his yeah and uh and take it and rock the dead and all that stuff. And I can't help but wonder if this was originally meant to be an ICP beat. It's very possible. Oh, I mean, maybe. listening to that guitar line, uh, it, it's right in line with basically everything on Jekyll Brothers. Yeah, it totally feels like something that they were like, we didn't use this for Jekyll Brothers. Do you guys want to use it? Yeah. It, to me, it, well, I'll... I'll uh, show my cards and say as a 13 year old in 1999 who had never heard these guys before i fucking ate this shit up loved it okay um and i still like this song a lot i think probably because of that maybe or you know maybe i just have heard it so many times i don't have any beef with this song i do in retrospect think screaming rock the dead is kind of dumb and like got me a mic and a pa cranked to 10 and all i want to do is rock the dead it's very like in retrospect um stupid i think can i say i've heard this song a hundred or more times and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until i looked at genius yesterday or today that i ever knew what the fuck he was saying there yeah i was i mean i that's a late in life understanding what that means for me as well um 
And then what was I going to say? I was looking. Sorry, I'm looking at the lyrics to see what this verse that you said was stupid is. Um, it's it's the la- his last verse before it goes into like oh the right with evil book. Ed. Yeah, zero kills in the west, of the east. All you dead motherfuckers from here to Green Street. Uh, you know what? Actually, I, I like this too. Fuck it. If you're missing some limbs and patches of hair, nod your bald head and throw your nubs in the air. That's yeah. that's fun. It's very um, headless boogie by ICP. It sure. definitely feels. Oh, like, yeah. Like Which I also was, don't like. Yeah. I see. I think that's a fun song. I think this song was very much crafted to be a the lead single to a national audience. B the lead single to ICP's audience. And it just it, it like in retrospect, it does feel very, very intentionally crafted, which I think a lot of this reissue national release, whatever you want to call it is, it feels very like we got to push this to the right people. The And and, and like like I was saying about the, the cover art and feeling like kind of a 80s like Dio Iron Maiden vibe. This feels like we're going to get suburban teenagers on board. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know. For what it is, I like it. Like we saw, I saw, you know, I, I, I'm well. We'll save that for overall thoughts. But, yeah. but that's that's the vibe here, and I'm not mad at it. But, but I, but I don't like it as much as murder, murder, murder. I'll say that. I don't think it's a good swap necessarily. You know, I think my challenge with this song, and was then even at the time, and is now more so now even than then, was that there is a Dave and I always talked about this. Um, when it comes to any specific music scene, either you get it or you don't get it. You're part of it or you're not part of it. And there's a lot of like uh, rap dudes that I don't think get the rock and metal and punk side of things. So when mm-hmm. they try to do a rock thing, it's a very sort of superfluous surface level. I don't know enough about it to really do this, but yeah, and, and saying rock the dead in a song feels very don't get it to me and that's why a a big part of it feels super corny to me absolutely absolutely i I feel like that's a violent j phrase yeah like yeah you you guys are gonna rock the dead because like i know like jamie is a rock guy more than a rap guy like you know they even talk about when they met he was always wearing quiet riot and aussie t-shirts and stuff like that so like that's where he comes from and maybe it is that kind of rock which would have you know in the 80s they would have said we're rock sure the dead. sure that that style of rock would be the type that would use the term rock in their songs oh exactly yes yeah. so maybe that's where that comes from um yeah i don't know it's weird it's a weird song i do i love the guitar line the 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 melody line not the the whatever they like the The production Uh, on this is killer i am not going to take anything away from that because it sounds fucking great and uh yeah i'm i'm a fan it's well produced i just yeah Yeah. little 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 cheesy to me but yeah that makes sense but at the same time yes if this was if i was if 14 year old me was hearing this i'd be like yeah you know what I, i get it yeah especially because of the time you know like they were so linked with icp who were like becoming a big thing on a national level right. so like for me hearing like oh yeah if you would kill monoxide violent j shaggy i'm like oh yeah these are my guys all of them and i'm just you know i'm discovering all this and, and these guys evil are, ed and evil ed's my guy yeah i can't <laughs> wait to get that ep <laughs> yeah the evil ed uh psychopathic album yeah but yeah i think i think this was very intentional very like you can see the strings now looking back oh yeah uh, oh yeah but but it worked for me in the way that it was supposed to work for me when it dropped. 
Yeah, I think what they were trying to do, they accomplished here. They did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but Aaron, hearing that you thought that that one was kind of cheesy and corny, what did you think of track five, Spin the Bottle? Ah, <laughs> uh, Spin the Bottle. This is a classic wow, that was a great thing to hear once. And when I want a good laugh and I want to have a fun time with my friends, I'll pop this the fuck on and we're going to blast out who's going next. I'm dying to see spin the bottle, baby, and give it to me. Spin the bottle. Nice little 80s vibe. Speaking of 80s vibes, different kind of 80s vibe than 80s Dio, but uh, yeah, you kind of have like an 80s like uh, the, dance like beat. workout yeah. mix vibe here. And even in the chorus that the, you know, lady singing is very, it's very feast of love. Does that I, make sense? I, yeah. I describe yeah. this style of beat and music as skating rink music. I can see that. If you sure. went to the that, roller yeah. rink, this is the yeah. kind of jams they would play. Absolutely. I, I think describe this hook as grating. It's, oh, it is. And it happens so much. They're like a no, verse is two it. sentences and then hook, two sentences, hook, two sentences, hook. Oh, if you see them, hook is my it. favorite part, y'all. <laughs> OK, well, then you love this. It, I think the hook sounds good, but it's in there a lot. It, it is in there a fucking lot. That's for sure. Um, and you're right. They're very short verses, but I think that's OK, because I think that Shaggy uh, struggles a little bit with this type of beat. But this that's feels like by this should be his type of beat, though. I know that's that's I was very surprised. You know, I, I I thought that he would be able to I thought him for sure would be able to kill something like this. Twenty like um, seventeen Shaggy would crush a beat like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he did. He Does he call himself Stretch Nuts twice? I think probably. Maybe. Uh, I know does, yeah. One spring. yeah. And then also, you know, we got uh, nipple licking love. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I've never experienced nipple licking love. And now I'm I'm on the search to, I guess, get my nickels li- nipples licked. Just type it into right. Google. You can experience it. <laughs> True. You, uh, this song is silly. Nipple? Oh, no, I, I'm saying I want to be nipple licked. Oh, I see. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to wear the cowboy boots and fluorescent gloves. I love the specifics of the glove. Yeah, not a specific they have color. To be fluorescent. Just fluorescent, maybe like they have yeah, to be just, fluorescent. Any color. What color yeah. do you picture? Because I picture yellow, green, but similar to like a yeah. Close the, to I, yellow. Same, Honestly, same, same. I was picking like a a purple just because of the oh. vibe of the beat. Oh. Okay, I'm thinking like tennis ball colors. Yeah, same. That's yeah, about right. What I would okay, pick. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a safety orange would be good. Okay, I like that. Okay, yeah, just just to please OSHA. Um, (laughs) yeah, this, I mean, this song has ridiculous lines in it. Uh, it's me, Jamie Madrox, the clitoris's dream, (laughs) you know, like this, this is just a stupid, shitty, fun song to, uh, wow. To laugh at. That's the first time I've ever known that was what that said. Same. When you just said it out loud. Same. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because he does like a Cartman voice there. Yeah. He does a Cartman voice. Yeah. (laughs) And and (laughs) like, and the second that it comes in, that's when you're like, okay, let's, we know what this song is. They know what this song is. Yeah. It is what it is. And maybe it goes on a bit too long. Maybe they should put half the amount of choruses in there. But again, (laughs) I love the chorus. So I, I mean, I'm fine with the amount of times it's in there. Uh, Eric, what were your thoughts? This just feels like them fucking around. Like, 
lyrically delivery it's it's just it feels like a bunch of first takes kind of like when we talked about 85 bucks an hour where they're like let's just write Mm -hmm. it quick and do it just for fun feels like a goof off session to me i you know you got jamie doing silly voices and you've got I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I think Jay's line about clown makeup smeared on your inner thighs is hella clever. I've always thought that, that yeah, was a that funny line. Good. Yeah, like, pretty good. But uh, his verse about your shit is blew out has never worked. I actively dislike hearing it. It just I don't like <laughs> the thought. I don't that that language conjures a certain image in my mind that I don't yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. And then you got Paul doing the tickle twist your nippy nipples off. Damn. And I can't I've never been able to tell if he bails on the verse and they just kept it in because it's funny or that was intentional. It's either intentional. Make you think he bailed or he bailed. It sounds like a a legit bail on a verse. Like he lost where he was going. But Shaggy's talking about some statutory stuff that's not super savory. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The hook is catchy, but. The diction is missing because for the longest time when I heard it, I thought she was saying, who's going nuts? I'm dying to see (laughs) because the the XT doesn't really hit. And then I I came to realize, oh, who's going next? That actually makes sense. Okay, it's it's very orderly. This game of spin the bottle. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Usually there's a randomness to it. Although they're playing a very structured game that the bottle landed on him a bunch of times and they skipped him. Yeah. So I guess that's how it works. Sorry, Jamie. Jamie complaining at the end might be the highlight of the song. for Agree. I agree. Yeah, that is a really funny part. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, hey, let's move on uh, to the well. Robbie, any additional thoughts on on uh, spin the bottle on spin the bottle? bottle. Is this a Dark Uh, Lotus track? (laughs) Yeah. Dark Lotus presents. Uh, Oh, God. I think uh, this uh, in the same like the thing that I've noticed in in the years that have passed since this came out, like we talked about with Rock the Dead, is just the intentionality and how you can kind of see the gears turning on what like okay we need one of these one of these yeah. and it feels like they were like people love eighty five bucks an hour it's silly it's fun it's loose let's do it again we took Shane and, afraid off we need a sex song right totally and uh, and this is just so silly uh, this is I think. In like 2022, if I was to cut a track from this album, it would absolutely be this one. It's fun. I loved it as a kid. I don't ever need to hear it again. Are the, Is that just reserving to like cutting tracks like the new tracks? If you had to cut one of the newer tracks or if you had to cut any of the tracks in general? Oh, let's see. I'm looking over this track. I think I'm going overall front to back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I Because I, I agree because this song is in here, something else needs to be cut. But I feel like they should have cut that other thing and left this in here as the fun I mess around. Yeah, I, I see you get what, what I'm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And uh, you know what? I'm going to be an asshole and say, "Fucking cut them both." Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's that, there's that, and you know what? We'll get to it whenever we get to 85 bucks an hour. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> about another song we can cut. Let's go to track six. It's called Blink. What did you think? Aaron? Really? <laughs> um, uh, apparently, I didn't hate it as much as eric i don't hate yeah. it i just don't think um, it adds much that's all oh it doesn't add much it doesn't add much i think it's a a decent you know track that overall probably forgettable but i think that this would definitely be a more standout track if they would have re-released most tasteless is most tasteless and then put out an ep as well like we were talking about earlier uh i think that honestly i think blink could could have been one of the standouts 
of the it could be a standout of the new songs but it, when it's in this it kind of does just get lost right because die motherfucker die is is way too good even even with the weird sensors right secondhand smoke is is really good spin the bottle's fun i i i love it i'm a spin the bottle truther <laughs> oh wow. i always All will right. be and I, I will i and i will always defend it i'm so, saying it now but blink sure? i look at blink like this of the five new songs blink is absolutely the one with the least character the least interest the least hook it gets lost in the mix and it bothers me that they cut songs from the original version that have mm. more character and more interest to them to put this on i don't think it's terrible i just i'm like really you took other songs off to put this on okay I, I get it. I, I mean, this song doesn't have a, any single part that it stands out to me. Where I'm like, yo, that's fucking amazing. It is a it's low just key. good song. It's a good song from start to bottom. Yeah, it's um, chill. It's with fine. With no standouts. Uh, but you're right. When you don't have standout pieces, you, you also you're losing a little bit of character. Although I don't think this is a, a song where there's no character to it at all. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's serviceable. I think if you the put beat it is pretty good next They're, to Echo Side, there's it. a lot of similarity. Like, if you want to know what mm. the original idea for Dark Lotus was, this and Echo Side kind of have a similar vibe. And I'm like, okay, I get what what that was kind of because he references the lyrics to a Dark Lotus song. He does, end, so. yeah. So I don't know. I get it. Of I'm course, pretty in. good on it. Robbie's going to say the opposite of what we just said. Yeah, I'm going to come in and say I fucking love this song. Do you? I'm a big fan of this one. I think the, the chorus is is catchy. It's subtle. Like it's, I like it's the chorus a lot. Subtle. Chorus, yeah. but it's but I like that about it. Um, I like the back and forth. I like that they trade lines throughout each verse. Um, the imagery is cool. Insomniac with a nosebleed. Yeah, he's getting chased around by the devil who's handing them dark lotus lyrics. Um, all this kind of stuff. I mean, and it also could be a you know hearing it when I was young thing, but and and also hearing this version first. I don't think we went into that, but like that's being true. On the yeah. West Coast, this was the CD I had. I didn't have the original until a few years later when it was repressed by Psychopathic. But um this was like one of the cooler songs on there to me as a kid. And it's still, I mean, uh, of the, I was going to go into this and say of the new songs, this might be my favorite. Um, you know, I will say this of the new songs. It is the song that isn't silly or goofy or gimmicky. Yeah. I mean, it is gimmicky, but in a well, way that I think is like a horror core, you know. Right. Not gimmicky in the sense that I feel like they're trying to make a single of it. Right. No, no, no. This is this is the yeah. album track. And it's cool as fuck live. They stand on either side of the stage and one goes under the spotlight for their little parts and the other one's totally blacked out and they go back and forth on that. Um, yeah, I'm just here to support Blink as a song and as a band. Blink-182, happy to have you back. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Dope. What about Blink's The Time Sweeper? Do you support Blink's? I'm not sure what it is. And because of uh, my my past with uh, saying the wrong thing, as far as my political affiliations go, I'm not at liberty to discuss. OK, that's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's move on to track seven. This one is called How Does It Feel? Now, this track appeared on the original version. At this point in the original release, we would have somebody dissing you and meet Cleaver prior to this track, but those have been removed. As far as I can tell, this is the same as the original, uh, just remastered. Aaron, any additional thoughts there? 
Yeah, I didn't see I, I didn't see any massive change, although I would have hoped I knew it wasn't coming because we discussed this briefly on last episode, but I would have hoped that they would have finished the song for this version. <laughs> <laughs> but other yeah, no, other than that, no, no issues or change in I guess no new issues with yeah. this song. Yeah. Robbie, any thoughts? Not really. It's about the same. I'm wondering, um, I'm trying to find a tape track listing because on the original issue that song starts side two mm. of the cassette mm. uh, uh. which works really well because it starts with that or oh, this old time old you know. time right yeah and so it's almost like a second intro i'm wondering if if they on did the, the tape same. side one ended with blink and then side two started with how does it feel i'd actually feel better about both songs that's how it goes that's the truth ah okay I get why they put Blink where they did, and it makes me feel. I never, I never had the tape. I only had this on CD, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like these two tracks in the middle is a a bit of a lull. I feel like ending aside with Blink makes more sense to me, though. And comparatively, the original issue, the first side ended with Meat Cleaver, and then started with How Does It Feel. Mm-hmm. So, same side, you know, side B track one. Different, different feel riding outside A. Hmm. But yeah, I think I think it's a cool, you know, first song of a side. This has always been a, a favorite of mine. I like the song a lot, but right. we talked about it already. Cool. Uh, track eight is 85 bucks an hour. Again, I'm pretty sure nothing has changed from the original version to this version. This one was already an original Mike Clark production. Aaron, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I warmed up to it a little bit, I think, maybe, but... Outside of that, no. You know, I, what I really wanted to say was if if you're going to be cutting songs from your from the original release and adding some new stuff to make a national release like you Twisted's doing here, there's no scenario where I would have said, yeah, let's cut, you know, s- some good songs, leave the fuck around song on and add another fuck around <laughs> fun song. Like yeah. there's no scenario where where I would have said that. Yeah, I would have said, Similar OK, if we want to if we want to add a new fuck around song, let's drop the 85 bucks an hour off. Or we really like spin the bottle, but everybody loves 85 bucks an hour. So it should stay on most tasteless. Let's pocket spin the bottle for literally the next thing. Anything else. Put it on Bizarre Bizarre or something anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways, those, um, those I felt are kind the same. Of I, like on the original, this song felt like a fun one-off goof. Like these guys are real serious, but they can have some fun too. On this right. one, you've got "Rock the Dead" and "Spin the Bottle" and "Hound Dogs," and it just feels like now we have a lot of silly tracks. Like wow, this is very light. Yeah, compared think, to what we were used to from these people. I think a lot of that is is like what was working for ICP at the time. For like sure. the Nedden game was playing on yeah. radio. Um, at least where I was, they played it as like a novelty song in the late evenings, uh, stuff like that. So I feel like it's like this humor is working for our brand. Let's push that. And like I said, last uh, in the last episode, like I think I think Twisted doing humor in song form is always a little awkward for me. And and I I think it just not that they don't do it well or even, you know, decently, but like fucks up the tone of an album and here there's just too much of it it's kind of like how uh marvel studios noticed that people loved when they would add a joke into their serious movies and then they were like oh we need to do more of that people like it and then the last thor movie was fucking homer simpson yeah 
it's it is yeah it's 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 too much like and it i mean it worked you know it, for like i said this feels squarely aimed at suburban teenagers sure. and yeah who likes you know jokes about big balls better than those guys in 1999 was a different hey, time can i but... tell you suburban 30 year olds baby <laughs> yeah. all right let's move on to aaron's favorite track from the original album track nine this is first day out uh, again i don't <laughs> think there are any changes to this any thoughts here the same thoughts it's not as good as I- icp's version in my opinion uh, here's my thought this song now feels far more upbeat and funny and light because there's so much other light stuff on this album. Totally. Right. On the original, it still felt a little dark. Like, you know, I talked about this with ICP early on that they would do funny or humorous stuff, but because the rest of their stuff was kind of dark and weird and scary, the funny stuff seemed a little awkward and scary too. Like it yeah. kind of played into that because it was a proportional thing. It was a scary, creepy, weird, offbeat, throw in some humor and you go, what the fuck? Why is that there? Is that funny? Am I laughing at it or am I kind of off put by it? And this kind of, you know, walked that line because you had scary stuff. And then the humor here felt a little more dark than it does now, because now it just feels right. a little more funny. But that that's my thought. I don't, Robbie, any thoughts? Yeah, that I mean, to, to jump on to jump on what you're saying in the first version, this followed murder, murder, murder. Yeah. So like you don't get darker. And then, you know, this 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 follows 85 bucks an hour on here. So we're just having a goof fest. Right. Uh, it changed the tone yeah. of the song. I really think so. Totally. I, I would agree. And I'm I trying can, to I think totally back to how it hit me as a kid. And I think it was all just, hey, we're having a lot of fun here. Yeah. This is a, a cover from these other guys. There's just. Well, this is this is a little overall thoughts territory, but like this album is so ICP, yes, uh, heavy, and and I think this was just another. Ex- it's just like hit after hit. Like, all right, Jay's here now. Violent Jay's here. This is ICP cover. Violent Jay makes an appearance, and I feel like it. The the scale is tipped at this point in the album. You know, we I, I mentioned the term the ICPification of Twisted when we talked about eighty five bucks an hour in the last mm-hmm. episode. And I truly think that this version of the album is the peak of the ICPification of Twisted. Totally. In every way. Like even when we were talking that, about, yeah. you know, their like media presence and stuff yeah. like that and how they were with them everywhere. Like this felt like ICP presents Twisted. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which which is, like I said, overall thoughts territory. But but at this point, when we're getting 85 bucks followed by first day out, it really starts to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the next track. Another one that also appeared on the original version of the album. This one is What the Fuck, but uh, the original time, the original version would have had She Ain't Afraid before this and then another smoke break after it, and those songs have been removed. They also made some censors in this track. Aaron, thoughts? Yeah, uh, the censors on this one, they're not as baffling. But I mean, it's still kind of random. I don't really have a change in thoughts on this one. I think the censors here are more baffling than the other one. You think so? Yeah, because it's okay for them for Paul to say or no, Jamie says it. I think police told to shoot on site. You think they might, but it's not okay for him to say return fire. They flip the word fire. Again, you're shooting cops. Did they? But the cops can shoot you. Okay, man. Oh, yeah. The cops can shoot you for sure. 
Oh, okay. Or they're, they're told to because you're so dangerous. Uh, but but also, cops, that's edgy. The, the really weird ones to me are, and maybe it's not the phrases that they chose to censor, but the way they chose to censor them. Paul can't say hostage. Hostage? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. Mm. And then uh, let it pop and watch him drop. Just the word drop is flipped. What? Yeah, I don't understand that either. Very I wonder weird. if. Uh, I wonder if for the hostage thing, was there something going on in the United States maybe around probably this not. time? Columbine was May, you know, there April were no 99 hostages, though. Yeah, no, but maybe it elicited these thoughts or something. That's the only thing that was big in the news. The yeah, that, I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, also, difference is they cut the entire intro, which was uh, samples from Halloween 3. Oh, yeah, that is that is gone now. So this goes straight from the outro to first day out into just the phrase, what the fuck, as opposed to having all that dialogue at the beginning. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's another thought. Yeah, it it changes the tone of it a little bit. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, are we ready to go ahead and uh, move on to the next track? Let's do it. Let's move on to another new song. Track 11, Bury Me Alive. Eric, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, there I can recognize like a cool and interesting beat, but sometimes sometimes beats just grab a hold of you and you're like, man, I fucking love this. I feel this beat like with uh, to me, like the beat for what the fuck or the beat to murder, murder, murder. This one I look at and I go, this is an interesting beat. This is interestingly put together. There's interesting sounds, but it's not a beat that like resonates (laughs) with me. So I think it's a good song. It's an interesting song, though, because the song is about being dedicated to the underground and rejecting mainstream. And it, I think at the time, it kind of feels sincere. I think Twisted and ICP were probably walking that line of being close to that mainstream audience, right? I think they were being lumped in with your limp biscuits and corns and stuff like that or they were adjacent enough that kids were that were listening to those bands were also listening to this right so yeah this song is really about them dealing with not being the same as those groups and yet being associated with those groups and getting some of their audience in a way so on one hand it feels genuine but also throughout the song they're saying fuck mtv all through it And a year later, they're petitioning MTV to play their shit and asking their fans to post up outside TRL to protest. So it sort of feels like 180. It kind of. But the song, what it kind of comes across as is uh, let's be friends. Oh, you don't want to be my friend? Well, fuck you. I don't want to be your friend. Like, that's kind of how it comes across to me. The song is okay. I think it really illustrates some of the confusion that especially ICP were feeling at this time around where do we stand? Where do we belong? And I think this song and the next one are really them trying to work through those emotions. And truthfully, I don't think understanding those emotions. So those are my thoughts about Bury Me Alive. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I I think uh, first, I I really enjoyed the intro to it. Um, I think that it was a pretty funny intro. The beat is really good. Uh, Hook is catchy. I really I totally agree with you. This this shows perfectly that they didn't know psychopathic in the world of, you know, juggalos and and all that stuff. Just it wasn't so fully formed as such a a large 
solidified subculture yet that I feel like they're still trying to reach out and and in a way lash back at like the mainstream stuff because they're not accepted in it. And this was before they found the confidence to just say, yeah, actually, we're kind of doing our shit over here and we're good. This was before there was a gathering. This was before all that. shit. Yeah. 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 Um, You can feel the insecurities of psychopathic. Right. Uh, in this song more so than not not necessarily twisted themselves but uh even though obviously this is a, a twisted song you don't really get you know whatever but this song and the next song are twisted songs yeah. on a twisted album but they are icp songs these are songs that saying. yeah like to robbie's point it's icp presents twisted but these are songs that clearly violent j said here's the concept here's what we're doing these are executive produced by Violent J. Right, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the next song is 100% that. The next song yeah. is an ICP song. It's barely it's barely a twisted song. But anyway, uh, Robin, <laughs> thoughts on Bury Me Alive? Yeah, uh, yeah, just pretty much mirroring everything you guys said. Um, this song definitely feels like uh, ICP got to a certain point, you know, obviously after Great Malenko and all the MTV stuff and their controversy and whatnot. And then... Um, you know, they had very I don't know if how how well known it was at the time, but it was it was talked about online a little bit. But they had been pushing for things like the Family Values Tour, other like larger opportunities and kind of getting doors shut in their faces. Like, I think they had been asked to do the Family Values Tour, but MTV didn't like them. So they said they wouldn't support it, the Family Values Tour if ICP was on it kind of thing. Um, they couldn't get played their videos. You know, they had to buy the time to play Shockumentary. And then mm. I see, or MTV still kind of uh, shit on them by saying like, you know, Island Records bought this block of time and this is how they chose to use it. So like, it was clear that while they were, had notoriety at this point and were in people's minds, they were not being embraced by these channels. And I think this very much, because I mean, this feels like a combination of Violent J suggesting a song idea because Twisted weren't really struggling with this at the time. I mean, they, they were in the same car or, you know, they were they were yeah. with ICP yeah. for all this, but they hadn't been pushing themselves to mainstream radio or anything like that to begin with. So it feels a little weird for them to be saying this on their debut album anyway. Um, yeah, but but it, it, it very much feels like the frustrations of Violent J projected onto them and them kind of planning a flag in the mountain of like well before we can even get discouraged fuck you i think this song and the next one are huge in building the attitudes and the i can't think of the right word for like the tenets of what juggaloism would become for and sure. i think in an extremely negative way this is this is a shift in tone and it mm-hmm. definitely takes them from climbing the mountain and going we do want this. We are ready to blow up. We're ready to take the world by storm and going, we're getting doors slammed in our faces. So fuck everybody. We give up. Right. And I, I think, yeah. I think uh, you, you know, I would not be surprised if, if Jamie and Paul themselves wish they never released this song because it is the thing that people throw at them every time they do anything to be successful. Yeah. Like if they, they did warp tour. Okay. Well, the intro to this song, Violent J makes fun of warp tour. So that's a strike, you know, any, anytime they do anything, people say in the comments, you know, what happened to bury me alive? What happened to this? I thought it was all about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so um, that's, 
haunted them forever. I do think that some of this, while I do think it's like the executive produced by Violent J kind of thing, I do think a lot of this is is genuine attitude because I know even when uh, ICP did Woodstock 99, they wanted Twisted to do it with them. They like were bartering with Woodstock to get Twisted on and Twisted said, we don't want to do that. That doesn't make sense for us right now. It's yeah. like, right. it's a big, weird mainstream thing and that's not who we are. So I do think some of this attitude is genuinely who they are, you know, coming out of House of Crazies and all that. But this this seems like Violent J griping through his cronies. Yeah, it definitely feels like and it feels like a uh, in their eyes, in their position. Hey, uh, so I know that this door isn't open yet, but let me make sure it's shut and just lock the deadbolt real fast. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, let's let's burn the bridge before we can get across it. Yeah. Yeah. Which at the time i thought it was super cool although i was watching trl every day uh <laughs> you know and 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 listening to corn and limpus get like i was i was in the mainstream world as much as you can be as a you know 13 year old or whatever but i still thought this was really cool and different you know like oh these guys aren't like that other thing but i also like just as much as this thing so i don't know it was weird but uh i still think it's a really cool song i just think it's it's it aged weird but i think in the 90s though and and into the 2000s and even maybe today in some capacity but there that was the beginning of some of the anti-industry sentiment right mm-hmm. i think this is done differently though you you look at a song like business by biohazard where they're saying music is for you and me not the fucking industry like don't they're not going to tell us what we can and can't say but they weren't burning a bridge and going we don't want to reach a larger audience we don't want yeah. success they were saying don't tell me what I can and can't do because the music's not for you. It's for us. And Mm -hmm. this is a different thing. This very much feels like a hurt feelings song more than anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they talk about, you know, magazines and MTV. It's very clear who they're upset with. It's not the suits behind the whatever. It's the, the actual entities themselves that they're not getting addressed by. Yeah. 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 Again, it's, it's an ambivalent type song because you can sense in there I I want this, but you don't want me, so I don't. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. So now I don't want it anymore. Uh, anyway, let's move on to track twelve, Hound Dogs, which sort of continues the theme, but in a different way. Aaron, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Now it's talking about people that like them and support them that want to <laughs> hang out with them, <laughs> and going, I don't want um, you to support me. Leave me alone. Yeah, and saying, leave me alone. Uh, yeah, this song is about. You know, fans, groupies, wherever the fuck you want to prefer them as fans. Yes. But yeah, this is just about people that because they're starting to see some success are wanting to get back into their lives or try and lie their way into getting into their lives in the first place. I mean, this. Yeah, this is also where we hear Blazy Dead Homie. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Love to see that. But this song is weird. I don't like this song. Yeah. Especially when you go, you know, from Bury Me Alive into Hound Dogs, it's just like, all right, do y'all even like making music? What, <laughs> like, why are you what doing are you, like, this? Do you, yeah, why point? are you doing this? Wait, <laughs> like, what are you do you guys for? even like this? Yeah, everything you're complaining about things that you should be like stoked for and want to nurture. This but feels whatever. like a humble brag type song now, though. Yeah, it, it it does definitely feel a little bit like a humble brag type song. My biggest concern though is i didn't realize that twisted shared a dick <laughs> so do so do Sh- jay and shaggy see 
But in this song, Shaggy says, from my dick to Twisted's dick, singular, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then to Violent J's dick to Blaze's dick. Yeah. So Blaze has a dick. Violent J has a dick. Shaggy has a dick. Twisted got a timeshare <laughs> on a dick or something. I don't know. They're conjoined twins connected at the dick. Connected mm-hmm. at the dick. Love it. Or um, Shaggy just wasn't sure. Like, he'd seen him around. You know, he's familiar with them as a duo, but he's he's not really got. He just calls guys, both so. of them twisted. Hey, yeah. twisted. Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah, you exactly. want a sandwich? I'm going to Subway. You want it? Yeah, that's just right. those guys that I uh, see other twisted what you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this song definitely still feels like an extension of uh, something that ICP has a problem with and that twisted's just like, yeah, we'll put that on our album because I, I don't understand. Oh, thank, you, thank you. Yeah, I've been working on which, that. Who, who, which which twisted was that? Oh, that was the dick. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. No. I. It feels like I. I feel like this isn't a problem that somebody should complain about on their debut national release album. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, like it, it's it just it feels interesting and it feels so surface level and there's just it sucks because they cut super good songs that the world should have heard in 1999 from the original version. And they opted to put in things like this. And I, again, at the time, I don't know if this was something that didn't work because I think at the time it probably did in some capacity, but Mm -hmm. I'll agree with you. I think this is absolutely an ICP song and they are dragging twisted and twisted is dragging blaze. And yeah, this to me just follows the themes of bury me alive again uh icp unable to reconcile their place in popular music stuck somewhere between mainstream music lumped in with existing new metal and rap metal stuff that's getting big and that's what's hot and uh, on the other side of that still being kind of an independent underground entity the weird thing is though like i said they asked for this they leaned into a sound that would put them in that group they signed to a huge label then another huge label what did you expect to happen it's just it's a strange thing. It's also super weird to have Blaze on this track of any of the tracks they could have put him on, because much to the point Blaze makes in his first line, y'all don't even know who the fuck I am. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does, because this was a year before your first EP ever came out. You didn't even probably have a real name yet. But I just I'm trying to figure out Blaze is the roadie or the other guy at the in-store. Who's Hound Dog and Blaze right now? Probably nobody. But no. I don't know. There are some funny things in the song. It's far less silly than Spin the Bottle. It feels a lot more deliberate. Like they, this is a fully formed and put together song. There's some effort put in. The beat is fun to listen to, I think. Uh, it doesn't feel like a twisted beat, but it feels fun. I, I don't know. Like most of the new songs, they aren't something that this isn't something I would come to the album to listen to. But if it was playing, I wouldn't feel the need to skip it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Robbie, yeah, I wouldn't get it. up to skip it. Yeah. Robbie, what are your thoughts on Hound Dogs? I have a lot of thoughts on it, uh, you know, conflicting as we've kind of talked about. A, I really like this song. I think it's a fun song. I think the beat's good. I think all the verses are good. I think the highlight of this song for me is Blaze introducing himself. I mean, he's laying out the lore. Uh, I ain't had pussy in 11 years. I've been dead. So, okay, now we know this guy's dead, even if we don't know who he is. 
Um, shot that ass out back in 89, buried wearing lokes in this clock of mine, rose from the dead with the lotus click, my guns played out, nine chains and shit. So it's like, th- this is the Blaze origin story laid out for the first time ever, which I think is super cool, super important. I think everyone raps well. I like Violent J's outro. I've always thought that was cool. Although it's basically the same thing as he does on 85 bucks an hour, where he just goes, I'm going to do another verse now. I got more shit to say. Let me let me jump back on here. For oh, a few yeah. More and the song kind of trails off as yeah. he is still saying his piece. Yeah. Just like 85 bucks an hour. Yeah. But so like on a musical and, and song level, I think it's really cool. I like the song a lot. Uh, it's conceptually, it's so weird in that it does really feel like ICP going like, you know, we've got some gripes. It, they don't really make sense for our album. Although Amazing Jekyll is just full of gripes. Yes. But it feels like we want to do something in a more hip hop way. Like we want to complain about this stuff in a way that isn't like carnival ICP ish. So we're going to make this song and put it over here where it makes more sense as like a rap song. Maybe. Um, and I don't I, know. I might feel different about this song if it was on Jekyll brothers though. I think it would yeah, fit a, better thematically. It does feel, it feels more, I mean, both this and bury me alive feel like runoff energy from amazing Jekyll sure. brothers, like themes. Sure. And I, I assume they were just all in the studio all the time working, you know, hand in yeah. hand. I mean, Jamie just all blend on together. How many skits on. Yeah. Like Jamie's got a bunch of skits on Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, you know, Redneck Ho 99 on Psychopathics from Outer Space, which I assume was recorded for one of the two projects. And I, I feel like that's where Blaze comes in here is they're just we're all just working on stuff and we'll see where it lands. But yeah, this this feels like a really weird song for a debut album, uh, because if at best these guys were the openers, you know. Yeah. Uh, debut album slash second album, the one point five yeah. album. Yeah, debut national release. Like this is the right. first thing most people had heard. Sure, um, sure. And and so it's strange. Um, this is this is very much them speaking on behalf of someone else, which is strange, especially strange as like the second to last track on the album. This is in the 85 bucks an hour spot of the original. So it makes sense in that yep. way. But uh, in general, it just feels like so dated and so weird. And also just like I said, with bury me alive, this has to haunt them to a degree because people, you know, the, uh, generous phrasing. Let's see. There are elements in the juggalo world. There are people that are, dumb very dumb is that generous <laughs> is that kind way of putting it um and those people hang by these songs like nothing else you know they oh they're doing a vip fuck them what happened to you don't want an autograph stuff like that uh same with bury me alive and i i think because of that i have a weird taste in my mouth for these songs because i've heard them used in weird internet discourse so much as evidence that yeah twisted sold out or whatever but hey as a song i don't like it i'll agree with you on on the song being i think every element of this song is well put together i think it's a fun to listen to song i think blaze kills his verse i think everybody does i think they do a good job with it i don't love mm-hmm. it but i think it's a decent song but also you make me very glad that i haven't encountered or been around people that would act that way uh, or truly misunderstand or take something so literally to the point where they can't see 
what they're really saying here, that they're working out frustrations and aggressions, but clearly aren't saying, listen, I'm laying down the law. I don't want to be successful. I don't want success. I don't want your support. So yeah, I'm going to release albums. Don't buy them. Don't come to see <laughs> us. Don't come to our VIPs. Like, I clearly understand what they're saying here. And it blows my mind that there are people that, whether they're doing it just to be a troll or whether they believe it, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Because people will definitely correct what we're saying here. Obviously, they're referring to fake fans or people that sure, don't know them. Sure, absolutely. Well. But, but also, that's really stupid because ICP had been nationally known for seven months by the time this song was recorded, probably. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Well, like, way more than that, because they were nationally known since Milenko. Right. I just mean like that controversy was what, mid-97? They probably recorded this late 98? Yeah, probably. So like, you know, a year or whatever. But And Violent J is complaining about like, this bitch don't even know Riddlebox. And it's like, well, yeah, that was a, like a locally released yeah. album from before you were on anyone's radar. Why? You know, it, it's just the, the, the specifics of the complaints are really petty and stupid. Well, but, but that's what I was saying, though, is that this yeah. is them struggling to understand their place caught between somehow we are getting lumped into this big mainstream audience and we've got kids coming to shows that, you know, because they saw us, you know, on the news or on MTV or their friend said, listen to this funny song about dating game that I downloaded from right. the Internet in uh, they're showing up. But my, I mean, my thought, and we always used to talk about this, and I used to call this out sometimes just in between, like at sets when we play live. It's really easy to try to protect a scene or something that you care about by being xenophobic and pushing people out that show up and don't understand. But the real way to grow your scene, grow your audience, grow your fan base is you find somebody that's there because they're interested and they don't get it, show them the ropes, help them to understand it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, 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 and I think the downside of this and the, the, the way that I think this and Bury Me Alive back to back kind of fucked up the Juggalo world in a major way is that this is teaching them and showing them the ropes, but it's doing it in a very antisocial, negative way. Teaching them the um, wrong thing. Yeah. Right. You're, it's not teaching like, hey, we're against bigotry or, you know, any of the things that kind of made some of that earlier ICP material really pop ideologically it's instead saying here's what we're all about we're all about fuck you you yeah. know and like you know fuck the world had come out around this time and uh, like i think the repercussions of that are still being felt to this day yeah in 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 the way that a lot of people treat this scene in this world and and even icp does honestly so you know maybe they got what they wanted all along who knows but maybe uh, i i think i think the negativity and the the antisocial messages here have decades lasting repercussions absolutely defining of the subculture i think yeah 100 well cool that's how Fuck yeah well let's move on to the last track this one there's a notable change and that is uh, our final track renditions of reality that does not have the secret track at the end mm -hmm. eric what are your thoughts yeah. Have they changed? I think that I think that's the only difference. I don't think that yeah. they've altered the track in any other way, just removed the From what I could yeah, right. Yeah. Removed the question marks track. Yeah, and maybe I like this version a little better, only because it doesn't have that hidden track at the end. Looks you know what? Playlist. Yeah. That was my sentiment exactly was you know what? I, I like this version better only because of no hidden track at the end, which means uh there's not a weird blank spot that I'm then gonna have to get up and 
and go switch something for because I don't want to hear the Violent J rambles. Yeah. Not that I hated that at the end of the other one, but I I didn't. I just, you know, if I'm listening to music, the hidden track stuff is cool, like pre-streaming world, right? Yeah. I, I totally get the merit of it. And I, and I liked it back then. I really did enjoy it back then, but when you get to the streaming world and when that kind of rose to prevalence, that's when the hidden track stuff just kind of lost. It's yeah. Yeah. I'm about to fuck up my playlist by putting on this really good song that has eight seconds of, or eight minutes of, you know, nothing after it. And then some weird story about big balls. Yeah. And you're not, I mean, like try putting crystal ball from bizarre on your playlist. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Uh, insufferable yes length and and everything surrounding it perfect well those are our thoughts on uh, the whole damn thing on the entire national release uh from island in 1999 of most tasteless the tail the whole damn thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from soup to nuts that's something right it is i don't know what the fuck it means but it is yeah i don't Uh, know in in your in your meal courses soup would be the first one and then nuts would be the last one. You end the meal with nuts, like pecans or? No, I think you end well, Texas it Texas Roadhouse uh, has it all fucking wrong. Sometimes like a charcuterie at the end, I think. So you'd have your cheese, uh, nuts, thing like that. I'm pretty sure, sure that's that's the etymology of that phrase. I think it is. I think you're right. It just that is weird. Makes to... sense. I actually didn't realize that like charcuterie was treated as, as like a dessert until I went on a cruise one time and I saw cheeses and fruits on the dessert menu and yeah. i got it every night it's fucking yeah, fantastic exactly i think that's exactly the reference. okay yeah well soup to nuts baby here we are soup to nuts baby you know i feel like our overall thoughts on this were sort of woven in uh throughout but let's let's concisely tie them up real fast i think for my overall thoughts on the most tasteless national version i don't like this version better than the original version i think that the original version had a lot more character and a lot more twisted uh even though there was a considerable amount of icp also in there and by the way y'all i know this is this sounds weird because we were an icp podcast and now two episodes into our twisted podcast we're like yeah get the fuck out of there (laughs) violent j fuck up like that's not what i'm trying to say it's just in this era of ICP, when Twisted was doing all this, you can definitely see that that ICP was uh, insecure, trying to figure out their fame. And rather than letting Twisted do their thing and establish themselves, they kind of put their hands in the pot. Too many cooks in the kitchen, you know? That being said, Jamie and Paul did great on this uh, album. They, they had great flows. The, even in the new stuff, you know, there wasn't a, a new song that I could point to and be like, "Ugh, turn that shit off." Even the new stuff was was pretty good. It just it felt it felt like they took Twisted, plopped them in front of a couple of spotlights, powdered their faces with me and before the makeup phase, right? But powdered their face up, got them all dolled up and pretty, and then said, "Okay, now do this again." but more refined. And that's not yeah. a bad thing. I just, I, I enjoy the original version uh, better. The, this version, it's cleaned up. It's more commercialized. Uh, it's got some good stuff in it, but I, I feel like it doesn't make sense how they released this the way that they did in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, I know just to, I guess, 
add to what you were saying. It definitely feels like at this point, ICP kind of blew up and both they and I assume the label kind of went, well, we've got the formula now. Yeah. Now, now we know the yeah. blueprint for how to make this work. Just use that on Twisted. Just make sure that they are copying what you're doing. Just carbon copy them. And I don't know that that's the right thing, though, because I think Twisted is good because they complement and contrast ICP. And trying to say, let's make them more like us isn't necessarily the right thing. On some level, it definitely grew their audience. I think at that time, people were hungry for more ICP. So this was a way to get it. But uh, I'm not a huge fan of this version of the album. I, I actually, in revisiting it now, I like it less now than I did back then. Back then, it was, again, it was more twisted. It was more ICP. Cool. But, you know, I also, when it came out, listened to the original version for almost a year and loved what that was. And although this version has some fun tracks, and it does in some ways feel like they trimmed some fat by removing tracks like Somebody Dissing You and uh, the Smoke Break interludes, they also cut Murder, 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 which was unacceptable to me. Plus, they censored Die, Motherfucker, Die, and What the Fuck, which if the album didn't already feel kind of watered down, that made it feel even more watered down in a way to me. I I don't know. The new songs change everything. They change everything. It's a different album, even if it has... Prime, I mean, more of the old songs are here than the new songs, but gosh, it doesn't feel that way. And I kind of wish, to Robbie's point, they had just put the new songs out as an EP or recorded a few more songs and made it a separate album or something. I know that there are rights issues with some of those original songs, I'm sure. I don't know what it was. But it, it, there is a lot about this album, those new songs, that makes my brain go, are these Jekyll Brothers outtakes? And I don't think they actually are, but they have such that vibe. And maybe it's right. because Mike Clark produced both albums or the new songs on this album and all of that. And they were recorded around the same time and ICP was involved. But I guess, in my opinion, Mike Clark is a great producer. I'm just not sure he's the right producer for Twisted. Like, are these songs bad? No, I don't think so. Do these new beats feel like they showcase Twisted and highlight their strengths as MCs? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Uh, Hmm. Between the six tracks they removed and the five new ones they added, this not only feels like a different album, it feels like a different Twisted to me. It feels like a different group. Much lighter, much funnier, more cartoony. This portrays Twisted as a very different group personality-wise. And I don't mean to say this in an insulting way. Even if it does sound like it, but this album kind of feels like the dumbed down version of Most Tasteless and Twisted to me. I don't know if that's the right term. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. I don't say they are dumb or the people that listen to it are dumb, but I feel like they were like, hey, that other album, it's a little heavy. It's a little, you know, independent feeling. We need to make this uh, more mainstream accessible. So we need to simplify, make it more basic. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it just, it everything about this one feels different from the first one to me. But uh, Robbie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that is a lot of what my thoughts are. I think one thing we, that Aaron brought up that we sadly did not mention in the history part, and I regret it now, is that in between these albums, you know, in the original Most Tasteless, Twisted had the hoods, and the just black hoodies and camo shorts, no face paint, just dudes. And in like early 1999, kind of leading into the rollout of this and Jekyll Brothers, they started twisting their hair up into little um, 
spider leg braids, kind of like Coolio had at the time, but just on top and putting kind of black makeup around their eyes and some baby powder on their faces to look kind of ghoulish. So immediately, you know, stepping up the theatricality of their look, kind of putting mm. them more in an ICP space. And I think this album is a continuation of that in that, yeah, it's it feels like, like one of you said, you know, we've got the formula now, this is going to work. This is how this worked for us. It's going to work for you. And I think this is the beginning of, I, I'm trying to think of the right wording here because I don't want to say the downfall or the end or anything like that because that's too dramatic and negative. But this is the beginning of a pattern that would happen for the rest of Psychopathic Records where, okay, it's your debut album. You're going to be hand in hand with the big guys and you're going to get a look that suits what our fans are looking for. And, you know, and and you're going to have, we're going to be all over the album. We're going to help come up with song concepts and, and, and a character for you and things like that. And this feels very like the first of those uh, when the, the original most tasteless didn't, you know, like, the, you know, we talked about on the last episode, how, you know, maybe they put renditions of reality at the end. Cause you know, someone suggested like, Hey, you got to have a nice, you know, heavy hitting emotional album, final track kind of thing. That was more coaching. Whereas this feels more like steering, which I do think waters down what twisted is. I think thinking about it in this way and, and kind of preparing to talk about it on the show, I've realized that this version to me is way, way inferior. Uh, I'm a big original, most tasteless guy. And I don't think it's a bad thing that this version isn't on streaming necessarily, because right. while this is the one I came to first, you know, like, and, and, and for context, this isn't how I always felt by any means. Like when I, you know, I got into twisted because I bought that alternative press magazine that had them and ICP on the cover. I bought, uh, the same day, the same purchase. I bought amazing Jekyll brothers the day it came out and was like, okay, I'm getting into this thing. There's these guys, but there's also these guys and they're like friends. And then, okay, so these guys are all over the other guy's album. It felt very in line with the kind of, of the time, you know, like there was the family values tour and you would get, you know, okay, so Korn put out this band orgy and then their singer is on their album. And then, you know, it felt yeah. in line with like the kind of crew making of the era. And, uh, and I loved that about it. And like, like Eric said, you know, it felt like, okay, here's more ICP, more twisted. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear these guys do anything. And now with, with the years in the rear view, I think this is the weak version of the album. It feels watered down. It feels like I said a thousand times, it feels like, how are we going to tap into the suburban teenager market of these times? And okay, let's put on this song where we're rocking the dead. Let's put on some silly crap. Let's make sure people know that we don't give a F about mainstream culture. You know, it, it just seems it, like the strings are so clearly visible into yeah. what is being attempted here. And, I don't and, necessarily think that was wrong at the time because it did gain them a oh, big audience. That's yeah, that's what I was saying is, is you know, this worked hard for me. Like I, I, I bought this the week it came out and not the day, but, you know, like right after it came out yeah. and uh, and 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 loved it. And, and this was exactly what I needed. I don't know if I would have liked the first version as much as a 13-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Mm. That might have been a little bit too much. Uh, murder, murder, murder. I came to like, you know, because I heard it six months to a year later after I heard this version. But like, if that was the version I heard first, I don't know if that would have been too intense for me or if I would have thought it was kind of mm. titillating and that it was yeah dark. or You know, I don't know how I would have reacted. But this version 
hit for me as a as a kid and i think that's what it was built to do so i I don't think they failed i don't think it was a misstep or anything like that but i think in in retrospect it's it's the shittier version i'll just say that yeah i absolutely agree yeah it's not that it's uh a massive fail and at the time it was the exact opposite of that i just think and and maybe robbie that's a good point you know this part this version is is accessible to uh the youth the suburban youth because it is lighter i could absolutely see a scenario where murder 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 would turn off a lot of people that are probably twisted fans now or or were twisted fans for a long time during this era that got into them because of the national release but if they would have heard the original maybe they're like uh this might not be for me the other thing is aaron you are coming into this with full house of crazies context too true that's very true and i think that's why i think that's why i'm a little bit critical of this and i think that's why i'm gonna be critical maybe this season uh if well guess what this is i'm gonna say something that might be a bit soothing to you and i want to see if robbie feels the same way but i feel like after this there almost begins an apparent struggle where I think Twisted begins trying to reclaim their personality. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil any history stuff, but uh, but they, like from please don't tell way- me that they split up with ICP. <laughs> no, <laughs> pretty pretty down the line. Uh, no, but even when it comes to production and and where things are made and who's making them, like. Mm. Even this is the end of the road like on on freak show they definitely go we're going to work with our own producer we're going to do our own thing and you don't feel icp's hands all over it and it's not mike clark producing and i think they are deliberate choices to try and go hey we need to be us from here yeah yeah i got you and then eventually down the line, I think those tensions build up. And I wonder if anybody looks back at this album and goes, this was the beginning. This is where the seeds were planted. I mean, there's there's so many moments. I mean, like I said, not to spoil history stuff, but but I don't I don't think I'm going to be necessarily on again in the season. So I'll throw some tidbits out there. But like Robbie, would you, you know, be on again this season if we asked you to? Oh, of course. Anytime uh, you heard it first, folks, Robbie just told us he's done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never coming no, I, back, I, guys. We had initially discussed doing these two and I'd be happy to do any other ones. But uh, but yeah, I mean, but there are times down the line where, you know, they leave or start their own label mm-hmm. and do things that very like clearly piss off Violent J and he's vocal about them on the Internet and stuff like that. So like right. the tensions have been there swirling since, you know, almost the beginning and not because anyone hates each other or at least back then, but just because it's, you know, four hotheads trying to make art. It is. And uh, here's the crazy thing. Violent J spoke outspoken about something on the internet. <laughs> yeah. That is a crazy so out thing. Of character. You can tell what good friends these guys are. They get along oh, yeah. great. They are friends. But put friends in a business scenario, put friends in an artistic scenario. Aaron, you've been in bands. You know that even friends are going to get to a point where they feel heatedly strong about some aspect of art or identity of the music or the band. It's, oh, it's, absolutely. It's no surprise. It's just uh, somebody that hasn't been in those scenarios isn't going to look at it the same and go, these guys love each other. And yet they so vehemently disagree about something or feel strongly like in their 
core of their being about this aspect of art and identity that it's going to push them apart. Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's just interesting to it's because we know where things are going to end up. Right. That right. we can start looking True. and think about those. Yeah. things. But to your point, Eric, I mean, Ballista, when when we were writing the COTC EP, I mean, there was times where we ended practice with a storm out uh during like writing practice but uh, that's some of the best shit that i think Belissa has ever written when we when hollowed out was writing and recording actually and especially when we were trying to like mix and do re-records on the last album that we did on um promise nothing mm-hmm. there was there was such meltdowns like it took like it, it was just destroying us like i think it was so exhausting for me and dave uh he and i fought we didn't talk for weeks months Mm -hmm. i was like oh okay good we're gonna get this album done but i've lost all my friends and you know like it's just it you you know you butt heads but of course we came back around and he's still like super close friend and i'm sure that's exactly what's going to happen with icp and twisted absolutely i think the reason that all that stuff is so conversation fodder or whatever you know people get so wrapped up in it is because it's so clear that they're such good friends and because because of this exact era that we're talking about yes when they were inseparable you know if they're in a interview they're next to them if they're in a photo shoot they're next to them kind of thing like i think because of that any discrepancy in in that relationship became a huge thing because it's like it's like a band breaking up or like yeah, a, yeah. You know, and especially for the people that were listening to this at the time i mean a lot of them were my age were you know teenagers so it's like it's like the cast of a reality show fighting or something like that or like a boy band breaking up there was a lot of like lore and and um you know these relationships were important to the audience sure sure um so that's where that comes i would say also if you if people want a supplemental i mean not i don't know if i'm I assume people have heard of Twisted before and they're familiar with a lot of this stuff. But but if people want a supplemental, um, you know, some stuff to watch and listen to that kind of correlates with this era and and puts you in the headspace of what this was like, I would go find on YouTube or download illegally the Juggalo Show box set, which was a series of radio shows in early months of 1999 mm-hmm. that uh, ICP did and Twisted was on every episode and Jamie was doing his voices and characters. And you can just hear in those episodes how much fun those guys were having hanging out and how yeah. funny they thought each other were. And, and you know, they're uh, it's just those are like the clearest examples, I would say, of like these guys are tight friends. Um, and then also Big Money Hustlers was filmed around this time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, is a, a, one of the clearest examples of that ever. In fact, I think the insert uh, when we we're looking at Discogs, the insert for Big Money Hustlers was yeah. in the uh, the there CD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to favorite tracks and score this bitch. Hell now, yeah! I don't are know we... how we're gonna do favorite tracks because yeah. if there's any of the new ones. Well, actually, there's a few new ones that are technically on Spotify because of the Big Money Hustlers soundtrack. Right. Uh, I guess my question was: Are we sticking to new ones? Not necessarily. Any overall, what are your favorite tracks on this album? Uh, Robbie, give us your favorite. I'm gonna go in fairness to the spirit of talking about the new songs. I'm gonna go with Hound Dogs, even though we had a lot of conflicted feelings about it. I think it's a really fun song, there's a lot going on there. Uh, it's you know, it's got skits woven into it, it's got the debut of Blaze, who I think is a, is a huge part of Twisted's history. Um, it's it, it's 
it, there's just it's a big centerpiece song that I think aged weird, but is still something I like a lot. OK, well, we can't put it on the playlist, unfortunately. All right. Well, it's credited to ICP on featuring freshness. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, is it on featuring freshness? OK, yes. go for it. So put we it can put it on the playlist. So do I'm going to go and add it. Yeah, do it. Uh, Eric, what was yours? Uh, still, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Fair. That's absolutely fair. And not this already version, on. but still this version. Oh, two right. on the playlist. Don't don't put um, it on again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if I had to, st- I I, lo- I really enjoy secondhand smoke, but if I were to have to pick something from the brand new stuff, I think it'd have to be. Sp- I like spin the bottle. It's fun. All right, it's I, fun. So if I had to pick one of the new songs. Even though I think it's corny and dumb, the song that I think is the most fun to listen to and the most fun live is Rock the Dead. Yeah, I would agree. But that is not something we are uh, we are wanting to put on the playlist. Is that what you're saying? Fuck it. Put I them on. You can. You can put both put it on. on. You can put they Rock are, the Dead and Spin the Bottle. They are both the on, already on baby. They're both on Big okay. Money Hustlers. Here's the thing, though. They've got samples from the movie before and after them, but whatever. Eh, oh, well. And you know what? Um, I think having those samples and having those specific songs, really, if you're building a playlist that encapsulates the history, you know, front to back, it's that you got it. We we need yeah. to have them there, right? It needs to be mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Tell well, the story. Six songs, 28 minutes, 22 seconds. All right. Amazing. Y'all, that playlist will be linked below and it uh, will be consistently updated throughout the entire season and next season. Yeah. And the season after. We'll see. <laughs> we're we're turning twisted into five seasons don't you worry oh god well we did with icp so fuck it at their release rate i mean it'll just mean your next season is long that's it we're just gonna have longer seasons that's it yeah perfect well uh should we do overall uh scores sure, let's do our scores yeah. all right music and beats yeah the, uh, scoring all this was a little bit strange to me because a lot of the stuff i didn't really uh, changed my thoughts on the song specifically, but in their place and in the tone of the album overall and kind of what we were talking about, like they kind of did change a little. They, they did feel, mm-hmm. they feel different. Most of which I feel like they, f- they feel different in a, a less good way. Yeah. Right. Um, but so music and beats, I ended up going with a, uh, a three overall still good stuff, still above average, but I, I just, it, it feels more whimsical. It does. It does. And I, I kind of did the same thing. Uh, the beats that were already there, I still think are good. The new beats, I don't think are bad, but for the most part, I don't love them. I think they're well produced. I think it what it is, is I don't like them for Twisted as much, but I would right. have a 3.5 overall. Awesome. Robbie? I'm going to go with a solid four in that I agree uh, I think I said 4.5 on the last one, and I only took it down that much because of uh, uh, 85 bucks an hour. I'm taking it further down because of some of the sillier stuff that, like I said, I don't think Twisted sounds appropriate on, I guess would be the right way to put yeah. it. But I do think stuff like, I mean, the the beat of Rock the Dead, you hear it instrumentally, like in Big Money Hustlers, and it sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think all the beats and music sound really really good and are really well done i just don't always know if they suit the tone of twisted in a way that i like fair fair lyrics and flows eric kick us off this one was extremely hard for me to score because 
even on the songs like Rock the Dead that I think, God, this is lyrically awful to me in the hook. The verses, for the most part, I still think are super solid. I do think when I look at something like Spin the Bottle, lyrically, it's stupid, right? They're just goofing off. I definitely need to take it down from, I believe I gave it a 4.5 last time, but I'm not sure if I need to go down a full number or a half number, like half an axe or a whole axe. I think, I think I'm going to take it down to, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to 3.5 axes only because if the hook on rock the dead wasn't so goofy, (laughs) I'd probably go to four. So that's what I'm doing. Damn, he really half-axed that review. Oh, wow. (laughs) Are we officially changing it to something else now because of that joke? No. Uh, (laughs) Keeping it forever now because of that joke. Now it's solidified. Let me whole-axe this review uh, for for my score. There are some flows. Overall positive. I I actually didn't have a lot of problems with the lyrics and flows. I, I think the majority of the problems I had were the censoring things but i mean that's just that's not that was them having to do that that for island right so you can't really knock a vibe thing but you think yeah maybe i don't know i I, I don't know i I think yeah whatever but i can't really knock them too too much for that because that was them uh you know good soldiers follow orders you know what i'm saying yeah uh (laughs) anyway i i don't feel comfortable giving it as high of so I think I went like four, four and a half last time uh, for the original most tasteless release. I, I feel good about giving it a three and a half. And uh, I, I'll tell you something. I might have even gone down to to a three. But Robbie, you single handedly cushioned my score uh, by pointing out how solid that that blaze. That really is blazes uh, debut groundwork yeah. laying the story out verse and and i i didn't really pay too much of attention of it the you know three times i listened but that's a good verse it's just it's a really good verse he, he does some good shit in there mm-hmm. all right robbie what kind of score did you give this i am gonna go with a solid four which is again a 0.5 i think less than i went with last time yeah and i'm trying to take it as a whole you know not as a comparison so uh, while I do like miss some of those other songs, if I just look at this as a piece of work, uh, I think it's overall really good lyrically and flow wise. I think, you know, spin the bottle and 85 bucks an hour are two goofy songs is just a little too goofy for me with my twisted albums. You know, I'm I'm adding my half a point back in and going to four because I think I was four point five. I'm only knocking them down to four this time because in looking at the entire album, there's still a lot. I mean, I think it's it's overall really good. I don't like the corny stuff, but that's about it. So I put my extra yeah. half point back in. Okay. Badass. Uh, re-listenability. I'll take this one first. It, it was very difficult to score this one because I feel like my re-listenability, if I were to truly score the re-listenability of this specific release, I feel like it would nuke the score, the overall score. And I, I don't feel comfortable doing that because, I mean, I, I don't think that this is a bad release. But I never see myself picking this one over the original release of Most Tasteless to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so this one was difficult for me. I cushioned it a little bit and I cushioned it because I didn't I, I truly don't want this score to just absolutely 
skew the overall score. I went with a two and a half. Okay. Wow. It uh, could have easily been a one, though. And that's that's not saying that this is so awful. I don't want to listen to it again. That's just saying that the other version is just the such superior version, I, I think, in my mind. And that's the one I want to listen to. I want to listen to Most Tasteless. I just want to listen to that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I although I fully agree with exactly what you just said, I do look at this album and I think if I put this album on and let it play, do I need to skip a bunch of tracks or can I just listen to it? And I think you can. I think that there isn't a lot of need to skip it tracks on this album. Uh, If I had to pick this versus another one, like the original version, I would definitely pick the original version. But I'm actually going to rank the re-listenability of this one as a four because I think it is a very re-listenable album, even if it feels uh, out of its era, even if time got the best of some of it. I think it's a re-listenable album. Absolutely fair. Robbie, what about you? This is probably the hardest one for me to come up with because I'm squarely between what you guys said. You know, like I this is the version I heard first. You know, I had this on CD for a few years before the second or the original. So uh, I've I have re-listened to this hundreds of times. That being said, in modern times, I might play this once a year, maybe once every year and a half or less. You know, like I, I never go to this version. Sometimes I'll make a playlist of the new songs and listen to that as like a fun ep but even then i mm-hmm. barely listen to that stuff that but that being said like you know it is very listenable if i put this on i wouldn't be like you get this you know get some of this out of here so i'm gonna go with a three just a solid three because okay. i think it plays well i think it's, it's it is very listenable but i think it's very redundant and uh i just i don't have a lot of use for it these days fair hell yeah overall vibe Eric, I'll let you start. What you got for this one? Uh, You know, I think the overall vibe of this one is the thing that suffers most because of the changes. I don't love the vibe of this. I think the vibe has changed so much that it doesn't feel like most tasteless anymore. Is it a re-listenable album? Is some of the stuff on here fun? Sure. Is the vibe of it twisted? Is it the extension of House of Crazies? No, I don't think so. I do think that this was created to be a specific thing. I think what they wanted to do with it, they did. I just don't care for it. So I'm giving the overall vibe a three. Fair. Uh, I went with a two and a half just because I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Right. And and honestly, this didn't feel like uh, this didn't feel like twisted a lot of the times tonally, but it also didn't feel like Dark Lotus tonally either. No. Uh, it's just, it sits in this weird, whimsical place of whimsy. Two and a half. Okay. Robbie. Robbie. I'm going, uh, overall vibe. I'm going actually with a high four. I think it suffers in a lot of ways, but you know, it sounds too filtered through nineties ICP, but Hey, I love nineties ICP, you know, it's cartoony, but I think it works that way. It's not my preferred version, but I still think it plays well as an overall piece. So yeah, I'm giving it a four. Um, you know, maybe some of that's nostalgia, maybe some of that's just, you know, enjoying the package as a whole. But yeah, I think while it is weak in a lot of ways, I think it works still. All right. Well, all of our scores combined and average out brings us to a total average album score of 3.5. 
axe chops, victims, right. dead bodies. Does, is that 3.5 x-axis or y-axis? Because I gotta. Yeah. Perfect. Let's go ahead and talk about what we're doing next week. Let's do it. Y'all, next week, it is going to be a great time because we're doing volume one of ICP songs we still missed. And that's announcing our winner and loser. Ooh, and we're announcing our winner and specific loser to the Mm -hmm. contest. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I'm excited to see who wins. I'm excited to see who loses. I'm excited to celebrate who wins and chastise who loses. Uh, And then after that, we're going to be doing our review of Twisted's Cryptic Collection 1 and their songs uh, from the original Psychopathics from Outer Space, which we skipped when we reviewed it originally as ICP. Yes. So, Eric, until then, where can people find us? You can tell us how wrong we are about this. Oh, we're going to I feel like this is the one we're going to fucking hear about. But uh, you can (laughs) find us. On our website, icpwwe.com, there's links to everything. Our Discord, you can jump in our Discord and talk to us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us. You can uh, become a patron. All of the links are there, icpwwe.com. Now, Eric said that you can jump in our Discord, and I want you to jump in our Discord, but please, as soon as you're in the Discord, no jumping. This is a no jumping Discord, No running. much like the beds at hotel rooms. No jump. Fuck that. I jump on hotel beds. I think Whoa. that we jumped on our hotel bed at the gathering, actually. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, y'all, I want to give a quick shout out to our dear, dear over the boulder shoulder holders. And by the way, I mean, I'm carrying none of the weight of my boulders at this point because we just have a, a strong army of, of boulder shoulders that are doing so over the shoulder. Rob, Viron, Corey, Blade, Scotty, April, Robbie, Austin, William, and of course, Kino Owino, thank you so much for I your love, continued support. I love that we've settled on that name. But also, big shout out to our newest patron, William. And also to our other newest patron, Chuck. No, not me. A real flesh and blood human named Chuck. It's purely a coincidence. And no, I'm not jealous of your feeble organic human body. Thanks for your support. Welcome in. I hope those boulders are treating you well. (laughs) Thanks for helping to hold them. (laughs) Y'all, if you want to be an over-the-shoulder boulder holder, our Patreon is only $3, and you get some awesome, cool benefits included, uh, including a Discord channel and special clips posted in that Discord channel of outtakes. Yeah. Robbie, as always, it was a pleasure having you on the show. You add a oh, lot of you. amazing validity and content that we couldn't have had otherwise. Uh, tell us about any current projects and where people can find Twisted History and Diff Tug. Yeah, uh, well, find them both right there on the Instagram app uh, at Twisted History. I'm trying to currently go through and kind of stay in line with this podcast eras wise and, and re go over the older history. And then at Do It For The Underground, where I'm talking about artists of the day uh including twisted but also you know all azulilu super famous fun time guys low-key just anyone in the underground scene that i'm supporting and a fan of and want to share news and updates about awesome Awesome. fuck yes thank you all so much for hanging out we had a great time until next week for robbie i'm aaron for eric i'm aaron big old 
chop chop and i'll see you next week chop 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 that sounds like i want you to hurry up chop chop aaron chop chop (laughs) wrap it up Ooh, sorry, I'm getting some weird burps. I don't like it. <laughs> the soup or the nuts? Oh, man. It might have been the chicken parm in between the soup and nuts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, edit this out while I look for the name because there's two things I want to say. and Keep it in and make it, it louder. Okay. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>